Welcome to another edition of Banter and Babble. I'm the dude 79 and joining me always, my esteemed colleague and renowned piece of shit, Mr. Fanboy Tones. Fanboy Tone, welcome to 2024. Welcome to the future, welcome bro. Welcome to the future and we're still a piece of shit. Yes, you are. Uh, dude, man, been what, three weeks? Since our last show? Yeah, uh, would have been, right, yeah, three weeks. And it seems like it went by in a blur. It, <laughs> it really did. Like, nonstop. Mm. The holidays just flew right the fuck by, and here we are, uh, the second week of January, and yeah, man, like, we're just back to normal life. Like, the holiday blur is gone, and we're back to just shit-ass weather in well, Michigan. Yeah, weather, yeah, finally it's catching up now. Like gross-ass weather. We're supposed to get like anywhere from 10 to 18 inches on Friday, but I always feel like they oversell Saginaw. Like everything else north of us will get the good shit, and everything south of us will get the good shit, but every time they're like, oh, Saginaw, brace! It's just like... <laughs> Two things to say on that. One, did you see the... You saw the donger. I did see the yeah, donger. The, the, yeah, the penis we- envy. The, the was, weather, yeah. That was bombing. The Michigan weather donger. Um, Two, it's weird because between like Saginaw and Flint, like Saginaw is like that last like line of the counties. Yep. And it, maybe it's because the valley, I don't know, but between Flint, like you go from Flint to like Midland, the yeah. weather can be like completely 180. Oh, yeah. And it's weird. And we're always in the middle. It's a crapshoot sometimes if it's going to be bad or good for us. I want to, I want, I, once in a while, I would like for like Doomsday to actually show up. You know, <laughs> yeah. Death Storm 2024 actually <laughs> fucking delivers. Get that snowpocalypse yeah, back. Yeah, man. Give me that nasty right. shit. Right. Never ever get it. All we get is a little bit of slush and maybe like two to three inches. Like, and that's basically all my. Wife gets. Anyways, it's fact. so, you know, here we are, um, and, you know, Jay Hill says, Happy New Year, and go Lions, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm with it, man. It's a great time here, but you know what, Tone? It's sometimes you just got to you just gotta sit and just watch, you know, and, and, and just realize that your worst nightmare is a reality. Jay Hill, Josie Wales. Tricky Regent, congratulations on Big Blue coming out and winning the national championship against Washington. I don't think I saw any pictures of Booger eating this. What's that? I don't think we saw any pictures of Booger eating this time. Uh, no, he wasn't. He wasn't eating boogers. He was just standing over there, and uh, you know. It's I got to give him credit, man. Like, look, dude, was it was it garbage watching Michigan win a national title? Yes, <laughs> it was. And and Jay Hill and I know Jay Hill and those guys. If Michigan State won a national title, they'd be like, God damn it, this is garbage. I don't want to see this. Mm. But I got to give credit where credit is due, man. Michigan came out and balled, man. They, their defense was was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they they went up against a high powered offense that is known for dropping a lot of points really fast. And they just uh, they kept the quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., who I, up until that game was like seriously my favorite quarterback in the league or in the country. Like he was just really, really good. He was dangerous. He has a great. He, he reads defenses really, really well. But man, they uh, they stifled him, and he was uncomfortable all night. And he just had just a dismal performance. Uh, so I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due, man. Michigan came out. They played ball. They played really, really good. Their defense was stout, and they uh, they won their first national title. Uh, since 97, which was shared. It wasn't an outright national that was title. Nebraska. Yep, but that was a shared one. But this is a their first outright national title since, I think, believe before World War II. 
Um, uh, uh, oh, right out the get. Red, man, they're they're here and they're they're ready to party. Um, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't know. Tone does not share my uh, my my uh, excitement for our, our Michigan fans. I don't care. That's, um, there you go. I mean, he's like that with every sport, so he can't uh, he can't get uh, he can't get too mad at him. But he, he hates every sport. I I, I will say this though. Oh, parting shot. No, I I don't care. I I uh, I may actually watch the Lions game on Sunday. Uh, I have no choice because I'm going to the game on Sunday. What? My brother called me he the came other night. Through? Yeah, and he was like, oh, "Hey man." Oh, oh. He's like, "Do you have Monday off?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude. I got Monday off." And he goes, "He goes, cool. I'm getting tickets for me, you and dad and uh my buddy Sean." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Sounds good." I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm in, man." And so he was and his reasoning was sound. He's like, "Dude, I don't care if we lose. It's our first playoff home game in 30 years." I was like in 8th grade the last time they did this. Yeah, I remember. I mean, fucking watch And the game, so I was right? like, so, yeah, man, I'm down. I'm in. So, I am actually going down to the playoff game. Pretty cool. And uh, who's keeping an eye? I ain't doing that. I'm not keeping an eye on Sean. Sean is like seriously, man. Sean is one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And Josh will attest that. He's he's a, he's a great guy, super nice. But when he party, I don't know if he parties like he used to. Like back in the day, Sean was always in the running for like MVP of the night. He was always in the conversation. He was always going to be the guy you wanted to watch out for. Mm. And, like, he's going to be down there. And, like, I think – I'm not sure, like, what the riding driving arrangements are. I know I'm driving. He might be coming down with me, but he might be going down earlier with his cousin to start tailgating at, like, 3 p.m. The game's at 8. <laughs> Sweet. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, if he does that, I he'll probably be dead by the time I get there. Right. But, uh, no, man, I'm just really excited, man. Go down there, watch the game. Um, You know, and Reed's right. And I don't know what to expect. Uh, But – uh. It's it's gonna be a fucking wild atmosphere. I mean, it's gonna be deafening in that joint. Awesome. So I'm really excited about that. So that's my plans for Sunday. I uh, got a nice four day weekend coming up. So Friday I don't have to drive to work during the supposed death storm. The donger snow. Uh, Jay Hill will be watching in the MGM Grand Sportsbook in Vegas. He's going to Vegas because this is your 40th birthday this weekend, isn't it? I think he says this weekend. This is, he's celebrating his birthday the right way. He's going to Vegas, dude. Man. I might, I might, I may never see him again. He's he's going to Vegas, Vegas for his 40th birthday, and he's gonna be watching the Lions game. So he's probably gonna put. His Are you entire, going alone? He's gonna put everything on that Lions game, and if he wins, he's gonna die of like alcohol overdose. And if they lose and he loses, he's probably gonna get shot. He's gonna by be the dealing police. Mike Tyson's yeah. tiger. <laughs> yeah, man. It's yeah, uh he's yeah, gonna have a good yeah. time. Have a fun time there, man. Just be safe and uh yeah, go lions. I cannot wait. I am really excited for that for this weekend. So uh but tone, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, man, it's been three weeks. How was your uh, holiday season? Holidays were good. Um they kind of came crashing at an end. We had a loss, unfortunately, in the family, um, right around uh, New Year's. Um, so you know, as I always say, you know, just keep close to your loved ones. Yeah, yeah. Say that I love you. I love you constantly. Do the huggins, even if it's something makes you uncomfortable. Still do the huggins. Oh yeah. Unless yep. it's your weird uncle, I get it. But you know, <laughs> at the very least, you know, make sure you're you're doing the right thing by that. It's unfortunate to have to go through that, you know. Um, but you know, it's 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 you see family and you see friends, you see people who come together for those things and do it properly and you know show f- uh, a lot of love for those that we've lost and you know that gives that does shed some good hope for humanity still sure. I guess, in, the, in that kind of instance so um but overall the holidays originally leading up to that were pretty awesome um it was the first year that 
Uh, Britt and I were able to kind of cross our families. Yeah. Hang out with both of our families. That Made was, it official on Facebook. D- yep. Be able to do that. Um, we had a blast. Her family is a lot like my family, just very fun, uh, likes to drink, very oh, giving, man. just a lot of great people. I had a blast. Um, very fortunate to be able to, you know, the, the two days of Christmas were very tiring, I'll be very honest. <laughs> we were driving all over, but oh, yeah. it was very nice to at the same time go to these places and feel like you right. know you were just getting the same kind of vibe so no that's that's Adam really West. awesome man that's really yeah. awesome <laughs> it's, it's, it's official. official yeah yeah uh yeah, yeah. cuddle says yeah this yeah. is bullshit all the that time he told <laughs> dude i'm telling you right now man he's played footsie with me countless times under this table and i thought it meant something no, I just like stretch my legs. He does. He likes. To, he does like to stretch his legs, yes. and he likes to watch me keep my try to control my O face. Uh, but no, man, that's awesome. Congrats. Uh, the holiday season was a blur, like I said. Um, but like I said, I was able to see a lot of family, hang out, do mm-hmm. things of that nature, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. So, um, I'm trying to think what else, man. I've been gaming. I've been I've been finding some times to get some gaming. What's up, Brian MX? Welcome to 2024. Welcome to the future. Uh, I started. <laughs> Now, I know you were like, dude, you got to play Red Dead Redemption 2. And I'm like, you know what? I do. I have to. But I was like, well, I got to play Red Dead Redemption 1 again to kind of get back into the swing of it. So I have been playing uh, Red Dead Redemption 1, mm-hmm. slowly making my way through that. Uh, I finished the, the Call of Duty uh, season pass. That's the first season pass I finished on a Call of Duty game since I don't even know, since they introduced season passes. So, like, this is a Call of Duty that I have obviously spent a lot of time playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that, that season pass is done, I'm just watching for like little events, but I'm just going to focus on uh, Red Dead Redemption, play today, have a little fun with that. Uh, and then at the end of the month, um, February 8th, that's when I'm going to get back in the game. I mean, next week, obviously, we've got the, the Last of Us Part Two remastered. I'm curious to see what that roguelike no return mode is, what that plays like. But uh, the first big title of the year I'm really excited about, I know Brian feels the same way, is uh, Helldivers 2. We are just over under a month away from the release of hell divers 2 they actually dropped a post the other day Crossplay will be there with pc nice so we'll have all that stuff going on so if anyone's grabbing it on pc we'll be able to play uh i'm really excited for that game man you know I, I'm, I'm curious to still see how it plays in the third person view but if it has all the the things that made the first one so fun the friendly fire and the chaotic uh, uh action it's going to be a good time. So I'm really excited for that to drop. I saw another actor got chosen for The Last of Us show. Yes, the girl from um, uh, No One Will Save You, the movie that we saw with, uh, on Amazon Prime, uh, Caitlin Dever. She is going to play Abby. Striking similarities very, here. Very oddly. She's got to start doing steroids real She'll quick, probably though. start beefing up soon. She's sure got to start really pumping the arm because she's kind of like a little petite thing. But if she gets jacked and gets those arms ripped, I mean, like everything else is pretty accurate, dude. Until we get another love Viva Pinata, I don't care about any new. Hey, that's. I wish they would do a new Viva Pinata, or at least update that one or something. God, I love that fucking <laughs> Cuddle speaking the a, truth. Such a great game. I, I will say, I did beat a game last night. I finally beat oh. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh wow! Uh, 2019. I'm always like two steps behind on those yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. I just, it was on a backlog list. I beat it. Listen, I love those games. They're still gorgeous. They play great. Great story. Uh, Lara Croft for life is still one of the goats, in my opinion. Yeah. And this this revamped series, these these this refresh kind of almost like that a was the third and final one, right? As of now, yeah. I mean, out of that trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if we'll ever get more, but you know, hey, it, if you haven't played the series, I still highly recommend it. 
Um, I, I've enjoyed every single one. So who is it? Uh, Embracer. They're the ones that own Crystal Dynamics, I yeah, believe. That's a whole mess, right? Thank so. you, Gray. Appreciate that, brother. Appreciate yeah. that support. Trying to get my romance dance on. Cuddles is always trying to romance me. He's oh, always man. whispering sweet nothings into my ear when we play Call of Duty. Yeah, I hear that. I got drunk and bought uh, <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3. And like I thought and why I didn't want to buy it, I'm 100 hours in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what it does, man. That's I, how it gets you. Really and they announced uh, the Jesse character actor today, a guy from the show Beef. Oh, oh, what's his name? Is that That's not the guy that's in... Uh, I don't know. Might maybe I don't okay. think it's the main actor, but oh, interesting. All right, Jesse. No, I'm really excited about that casting though for Abby. I mean, uh, Caitlin Dever is, is is showing that she's a very capable actor. Um, but I'll be curious to see if they can get her beefed up because Abby is kind of a fucking badass. And so, like I said, she's just got to get start pumping some iron a little bit. Uh, but uh, no, that's that's great news. The Golden Globes was the other night. Oppenheimer cleaned up. That was pretty cool. Uh. What was it? Who won Best Actor? Uh, the one movie I want to see, The Holdovers, the Paul Giamatti. He won mm-hmm. Best Actor. I've been wanting to see that movie. I actually think it's available on either Hulu or Paramount Plus. One of those two, I believe, is where um, is where you can <laughs> check out uh, Holdovers. But Oppenheimer cleaned up. Uh, people were disappointed and bummed that Barbie didn't win in the uh, comedy uh, musical side of the Golden Gloves because there's always like two. There's there's drama and then there's comedy and whatnot. Barbie did yeah. not win. They wanted Barbenheimer to win, but I think it was uh, what went on that side. Um, poor, poor things with Emma Stone. Uh, that's supposed to be a really really good show. Yeah, so Mark Ruffalo, I think, in that too. <clears throat> uh, I believe you're right. Yes, yeah. and I then he is in it. And then the one and only um, Nick Offerman won. Uh, did he was a supporting actor? Uh, in a TV guest limited, actor. Guest actor in limited yep. TV was series. Was that an Emmy? I think was it an Emmy or did he win a Golden Globe? Was it, I, don't I think he won an Emmy for best guest actor on the Last of Us, which was well deserved. And now, didn't I read something the other day that uh, they're looking at a spinoff show? For him, maybe rumors of we don't know what that looks like. I don't like. Yeah, know yeah. if we need that. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody seemed in the B and B lodge. A lot of people said it. They love that piece. It, it could that. almost make it less impactful by putting Cuddles needs. Oh, I mean, hey, cu- uh, that tells me that tells me there's an audience Cuddles, out there for it. Cuddles did say that was basically me and him in the apocalypse. So he I mean, just wants to relive that more. And, and <laughs> right, 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 right. I get it. Right, just right, two right, bears right. making love. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the holdovers was great. If you like good acting, hey, Gray, I am a fan of good acting, and yeah. we'll talk about a movie here later on that had some pretty good acting by a guy who lost to Paul Giamatti. Uh, in the best actor category mm-hmm. for a Golden Globe. And we'll talk about that here later on in the show. Uh, but, Tom, before we get to that, yeah. it is a new year. It is the new year. We did run a trailer on TikTok and YouTube and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But, Tone, we have to talk about it right here, right now, mm-hmm. 2024. We are now less than two months away from the return of the Midland Mall Comic Con. This year's uh, theme, celebrating the 40th anniversary of Ghostbusters. Yep. What do you think, man? You hyped or what? I'm excited. I mean, listen, it, it's for for not doing nothing but just I guess sit there and chatting the entire time, but doing it for like you know six seven hours straight, and then of course <laughs> emceeing a, a cosplay contest. There is levels of exhaustion that there is, you know. There's there's stress or whatever, but you know, it's 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 a good time. It, it's not yeah. it's not something that a lot of people say they can have a hand in doing. You'd be able to be an exclusive streaming podcaster from uh, right. Comic-Con and being able to, you know, 
talk about some of the background and the inner workings and help with some of that, you know, thought process. So it's pretty exciting. I do appreciate Paul Fetz for letting us be involved. Yes. Um, as well too. Um, there's gonna be some more great vendors there this year. Uh, some great sponsorships as well too. And you know, I've had more people reach out this year than even last year saying, Hey, we're going to be there. Hey, we're going to be there. We're going to be I've there. I've seen a lot of people so, mentioning on, on our posts. I got a feeling, man, we're, I'm, I'm saying it still w- within, you know, two years here, we're going to be looking for maybe a bigger spot, but uh, it's dude, if it, if it continues to grow like it has its last two years, mm-hmm. this, it's going to be a packed house. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, and, and keep in mind last year, we had a pretty big, was it last year or the year before we had a pretty big snowstorm. <laughs> And we still filled that place last up. year. They, they didn't know how to plow the snow, but apparently they're going to take care of that. But we got <laughs> hey, we got food trucks this year. Yes, we, we, we said we said we yeah your, your food court can't keep up. We need to get food trucks in here. That's a draw for people as well too. So. Not a knock against the food court, but I just don't think they're used to seeing <laughs> no, that many people. No, no, we did more last year during that two days than they did like the entire either weekend or season of the holiday, including Black Friday in two days. That's wild. Foot traffic. So, yeah, we definitely got to be doing some stuff. Yeah, Seven Dungeons, of course, we'll be doing the one-shots. Adding another table. Yep, adding another table. So, Um, you know, um, we're going to have potentially uh, two booth humans this year working with us while we're streaming. So we're working on that as well, too. Um, Yep, so that way... You know, at least you know if one wants to do one day or one wants to do another. That way, it's a, it's a it's a lot to be able to have to. Do it's that it's for it's us, so. dude. Like I, I know it, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like planning a wedding, where like you have to spend a lot of time planning how not only just how we're gonna broadcast it and stream it, but like working with Paul how he wants to mm-hmm. organize things, and it is very down to the finest detail. There's a lot of planning that goes mm-hmm. into it, and then when the day comes, like it is just fucking non-stop yeah, it is and by the end of the day you're just like i don't know if we did anything right i don't know if uh we messed anything up but mm-hmm. you're just like i'm just fucking tired that's all i know right. i'm just fucking tired right right you know so we'll see um i i got a feeling it's gonna be like i said it's gonna be bigger this year um it's gonna grow again it's just gonna keep growing and dude the food you know, truck things what i'm hyped on i want to go out and actually like get something and bring it and talk about it while we're doing like a live stream <laughs> remember how hard it was to even eat lunch last year again that's too? what i'm saying though man but like this year like I, but i mean we have like the one thing that i've always learned the one thing i always like that i nitpick about uh every year after we do this i go back and watch the video like there's just I understand we can't stream for eight hours straight because we got to constantly check with vendors and get people on to mm-hmm, talk mm-hmm. And, and things of that nature. But like I always, it's that you know, and you know the we'll be back screen. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I still had that up for too long, and I want to get some more stuff in there. I really feel like getting food from the food food vendors mm-hmm. and coming back and talking about it as you know and what we what we ordered, kind of promote them. I really really like that idea because then it fills up more content, gives you more. More uh, eyeballs on yeah, what we're yeah. doing there. So I, I that's the one thing. I demand an eight-hour stream, no breaks. Gosh, she's savage. Yeah, yeah. She's very yeah. demanding, but I dig it. Yeah, I dig yeah. it. I want to do it 10 hours, but I'm right, tired. Right, right. Sure, you can stream for eight hours. Have other people fill in like half-ass, crash, tricky, or the 70. I mean, it's not a terrible idea. I, I mean, I got it, but it all depends. Like, the 70s crew, they, they're like – Start to finish, they got tables. Hey, they, yeah, they're pretty stacked as well too. I would love to be able to sit there and, and be like, "Hey, Seven D, come here and do a fucking hour slot mm-hmm, here and mm-hmm. and just talk about whatever." But uh, no, I mean, but I mean, it's a it's a great idea. I mean, I would love to sit there and rotate people in and stuff, but it's just it is so busy. And like I said, you got to go over and talk to vendors. Be like, "Hey, look, can I borrow you?" Because it's hard to pull vendors away to sit down and talk mm-hmm. to them because they got fucking people coming up and wanting to buy stuff and some of these vendors it's just them they don't have mm-hmm. anybody helping them out most of them kind of do have like one or two people but 
they're those people are not like full-time vendors you know they're just there, you know if they get over rushed with stuff it's overwhelming right and you know maybe what we could do this year and i don't know if we did it last year is like we always have the camera showing the hall and get to see the people yes. maybe we can pull a bunch of different clips and just have a, like a rotating thing of clips of from the show and stuff like that or different uh, bits and stuff like that or things in that nature i like that you know can you I mean? take your phone so, around and TikTok live i sure can trick that's not a bad idea as well too so. i sure can trick and that's yeah. a that's a really good idea i mean that's where I could use that microphone I just bought, those two mics, mm-hmm. talk to a vendor, mm-hmm. hey, we're here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can stream. Yes, you can. You can stream. Now, the only thing that's that's you can stream, but where we're at with the Wi-Fi, the entire mall doesn't have Wi-Fi. So the range is a little dodgy with all those people in there. And if you try to go off LTE or 5G, kind of spotty in a mall because of the, the metal roofs and everything there. Like, it's really kind of serious. But it's something that we can test out. And maybe go there like a couple weeks early, just test it out, see how it works. I think that's a really good idea, though. I really like the idea. Ooh, GoPro that shit, man. He's fuck. That's mm-hmm. he's the idea, man. One thousand foot Ethernet cord to my phone. I don't. My phone does not have an Ethernet, but I like where your head's at. I like where your fucking <laughs> head's at. But I'll do it March second and March third. Yeah. I feel like those hours are different. Wasn't it ten to four on Sunday last year? Was it? Wasn't I thought one day 10, was. Five, yeah. I thought one day was like eight hours and another. Wait, well, that one. That's yeah. right. Ten to six, ten to five. Is it eight and seven hours? I always thought it was eight hours and six hours. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. Shit, I don't even know. Clearly. But I, I actually did the smart I thing. Know. I took Monday off this year, so I'm really excited yeah, about that. To. You got to get home and relax, and not have to go in on Monday. So I am really looking forward to that but no it's gonna be fun man so we're looking forward to that getting the coverage we'll have another promo probably going out here at the end of the month kind of dive into what you can expect to do when at this year's comic-con i know paul's still finalizing all the activities i think he's got most of them done and planned but he's just trying to figure out how do we promote this because there's gonna be a lot of shit to do yeah a lot of shit so really really excited for that tone what else you got man i don't know i think it's time to roll for that uh that first he wants to get right into it jump into it i'm ready say you know what dude fuck it here we go we're gonna start with marvel the mcu and marvel's what if season two out now all the episodes are out you can stream from start to finish all nine episodes are they dropping like every day one is that how it works i don't even i think they did because i think the christmas one happened on christmas day or but maybe christmas eve I feel like they didn't release that thing like Echo. Echo's all out at once now, which is rare for them. They don't usually. Yeah, usually do that. they ride the uh, the uh, you know every week thing. But I can't help but wonder if because of the audience isn't as big because it's a TV MA show. So I mean, while all the other ones were kind of like more accessible for people right. of all ages of every week, you know, you get a bunch of people in. But That's if true. It's TV MA, you can, oh, we can drop all this at once because it's not built for the entire Disney Plus audience. You know, I wonder if they're just trying to figure out what's work, what's going to be target for them. You know, they might be, it, it might be better for to run the TV MA all at once. The binge, yeah. There you go. So, but yeah, this this dropped, and hey, honestly, we love the first one. You know, now we're so thick in the multiverse. Like, these kind of fun stories, you know, while they are technically canon, yes. they're not anything that's going to be for the most part, I think a focal point. I think this is where the Marvel Zombies is getting its seed from, basically. But mm. uh, and who knows? I mean, we, I mean, we saw Captain Carter uh, live action a version of her. We did in, in Doctor Strange, we did. The, the Multiverse of Madness, which is pretty dope. So, you know, we're getting some of that stuff live action as well too. But they really did a different route with this, where they kind of instead of each episode was like like standalone. Yeah, it, it, but even in the last one, keep in mind at the end, it seemed like there was a convergence and they sure. created like an Avengers team. This one seemed to be more character focused. Yep. 
singularly, and it's certainly uh, a little bit of that Captain Carter there in the middle there, which, all intents and purposes, I mean, Haley Atwell is a great character. I think she even voiced, right? Like, oh, yeah, it was her. You know, yeah. like, just she's fantastic anyways and a, and a great uh, piece of early MCU. So I enjoyed this so far as well, too. Um, you know, there are some episodes that might be not be as great as other ones, yeah. I suppose. Um, I feel compared to the first season, there was a few more of that. Maybe just like, oh, it was all right. It was good. It's but- a, it gives you like a cool perspective on something, an <laughs> yeah. idea. And some ideas just aren't quite as up to snuff as other episodes. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's it's all about risk taking. It's all about that creativity and seeing what else you could imagine. And Absolutely. not every story is going to be a winner. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, so- something that Seven Dungeons actually said after he's watching, he's like, these are written so well. He's like, it's weird that these are written sometimes almost better than some of the movies recently. And I'm like, it's kind of a fair point because, yeah. like, I feel like even an, even a, a decent episode or maybe not as great in this is still better than Love and Thunder to me. So, like, you know, the, it's a good point. And uh, there was an episode in this series. I, I liked a lot of them. There was a couple that stood out. I know the one that you enjoyed as well, too, with Nebula. But <laughs> the one where um, Stark gets pulled after the Battle of New York or yeah. during the battle. He doesn't make it And he it ends up with Sakaar instead of Hulk was awesome because yeah. it just fit the aesthetic. The, the, the drag racing thing was really cool. I really, really... Love that one because you got to see. I mean, you got um, uh, what's his face back as uh, Jeff I mean, Goldblum. Thank you, Jeff Goldblum reprises his role and does a voice. Uh, and then of course you get to see. Um, I don't think Taika did the voice necessarily of Korg. Um, I think it, it was pretty, him because his name showed up. Say, did times. it? Okay, because it sounded um, pretty spot on. In the first on. episode with Nebula, uh, with Nebula story, uh, he's in there too. Okay, and his name showed up in the credits. <laughs> okay, cool. So that so then that's awesome. I didn't. I, I was wondering. I'm like, it's close, but it's it's not a voice. I feel like that wouldn't be too. Oh hard yeah, to that was either, him for but, sure. Um, yes, fantastic episode. So, um, and at the end, honestly, like the the call the 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 cultivation of everything coming together. I don't know if that's a word at all, but you know the way it did mm-hmm. um, was pretty awesome as well too. I really enjoyed that, and and the the character Kahori, I was really digging that too. So, I love how they um they do like like the thing that about what if the the premise itself is like they take these key moments from a lot of the Marvel movies uh, uh, from the first several phases. And there's like specific points where they'll alter something where you kind of get a different outcome. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, and the one you talked about was Stark, how he doesn't make it through the portal after the Battle of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just love, I, I do love that because they, 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 not only do they have all these characters that I have really, go, I grow, I grew attached to through all, all those phases, not even just the main ones, but like some of the the, the second level characters. Mm-hmm. And they get a lot of these people to come back with. I mean, honestly, other than. Obviously, Robert Downey Jr. I think that was Chris Hemsworth, uh, who was, it was definitely yeah, that Chris was Hemsworth, Hemsworth yeah. for sure. But like, I think the only ones you typically don't get. I actually, I know Mark Ruffalo was in his episode where yeah. where Banner was there. I don't think Christmas Chris Evans one. is usually around. Chris, I don't know. Uh, he might have been in the Christmas one, but I feel like he was kind of hit or miss. But it might have been him. But I mean, they usually, but all the small characters and side level characters, they're all like and Sam Jackson was definitely him. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 awesome how they do that. Because it kind of keeps you engaged, like, oh, yeah, I remember this character. It keeps it one-to-one. Uh, what if Marvel didn't waste all these characters with current MCU? What, what episode is it? <laughs> it, it, was, um, <laughs> yeah. it was just a, yeah. it's just a really well-done show. It's a cool premise. Uh, I'm, I'm with Dungeons. I really like that first episode with Nebula, uh, where she uh, joined uh, Nova Corps. Uh, and there's just this whole story with uh, Nova Prime. It's very like, noir. Yeah, like, dude, very either. had some cyberpunk vibes, yeah, some noir yeah, to that it. That was definitely a, do- uh, a top one. I was a huge like when I yeah. watched the episode. I was like, God, this fucking this is so good, you know. So I really liked that. And then and then Happy Hogan Save Christmas was very uh, obviously on the nose with its diehard 
references and just the overall premise and stuff. I do love uh, Hammer as basically Hans Gruber. He like because I mean he's the same type of character, very confident, very <laughs> very, very swagger. Very, yeah, it worked, it worked well. And honestly, the uh, uh, what was the episode where uh, the Hello one? Um, there were elements of that I really liked. I didn't know. I don't know if I overly really was into the Hello one. I thought it was a really cool idea. Yep. Um, but I just love Odin, so I like that yes. Odin was still kind of involved in that as one too. And like, listen. I think part of the reason that at least somebody like me, me personally, um, as somebody who grew up reading a lot of comics, liking, I love to draw. I used to draw, would take, you know, Batmans and Spider-Mans and create my versions of them as well, too. So this show is for, like, daydreamers like that. It so, really like, is. It, it's, it's like, the what if, like, taps into, like, this, this almost like this kid nostalgia feel for me. Like, man, like, I could have been drawing something similar like that as a kid or had this cool idea or this this unique idea and they and that's what they're doing and they're yeah. running with it and it's it's just nice to have that kind of twist i agree with dungeons 100 uh kate as hell oh. is a 10 kate, uh, kate Blanche, dude yeah, when she yeah, walks yeah. in and the first time she shows up i was just like oh yeah the smoky yeah, oh i was like everything. oh yeah oh 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 several times yeah. several times and dude for lastly back to that first episode fucking howard the duck Seth Green getting doing a, the duck. getting a massive Huge role finally. Role. Yeah. He wasn't and a just good like one too. He was running awesome, a fucking dude. shady casino, <laughs> <laughs> doing all just getting in, just in, involved in the shady thing just because he doesn't want to lose his liquor license. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, it was really good. And Seth Green did a really good job with with Howard the Duck. Just gave him that 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 just absurd confidence that whole, and that, that just just shady fucking CD. when dude, the man. slot hit and he was like at first you were that's like that's not supposed to hit yeah, yeah he was more he was like he was more yeah talking about the fact the slot actually hit like, that's not supposed to happen like that's that not supposed to hit yeah. <laughs> no it was it was a good season man like like i said i just love when they take these these iconic scenes and these these storylines and put a little twist on it that still makes sense some of them like like you mentioned some of them not as quite as good as the others but i just appreciate them trying different things and giving you a little different perspective on what yeah. could happen and and like it might just be a little tweak but it really changes the character arc for a specific character every time mm-hmm. and you're just like man that's actually pretty fucking sweet yeah so uh no it was a strong season and this is still one of the, the better shows that i like that marvel kicks out on disney plus it's just a really cool concept i love that they get a lot of the voice uh, a lot of the actors who portray these characters mm-hmm. back kind of add some authenticity to it uh, some familiarity to these characters because uh, it's it's different when you take like somebody else and put them into this role, but when you have the original actor, they kind of just it feels they, yeah right. they, they just know how to embody that character and it's how they deliver their lines and whatnot. And you're just like yes, that's that's mm-hmm. that's my Thor, you know. So it's very sweet. These and Star Wars Visions are some of the best things coming. Star Wars Visions is fucking incredible. Yeah. That was a fucking incredible show. Uh, the Watchers, yeah, man, Jeffrey Wright Jeffrey is the Wright Watcher. Jeffrey Wright is so fucking good. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright is really good as the Watcher. I feel like this is a. Te- I think I feel like this is a small stepping stone to future things of him doing like this. I mean, I really, had, I really, you've got hope. some great narrators out there like the Morgan Freemans, oh, yeah. the Attenborough. But like, I think down the road, I think Jeffrey has a real potential of yeah, being like. He's a just, a, I mean, he's stuff. just a great actor in general too. Like the guy commands the screen, and he's just just got mm-hmm. this cool way about himself mm-hmm. when he's on screen. So, mm-hmm. uh, will the Watcher replace Kang? No, that's that's a no. That's a hard no. That's a hard no. That's a big time no. So let us know what you guys and girls think about uh, this season of Marvel's What If. Uh, what was your favorite episode? What episode was a little bit lacking? But mostly we want to know which episode really stood out to you. Uh, how much, you know, wh- just 
how much you enjoy this show in general, where you rank it, like in the the Marvels, like D- uh, Disney Plus series. I think it's I think it's towards the top, man. It's, it's a really enjoyable show. Mm-hmm. Some great animation. Make sure you let us know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. All right, Tone, mm-hmm. we're not done with Marvel just yet. Yeah. Because yesterday, a show that you and I have been really excited about. Uh, because I, I thought Maya was was an interesting character uh, back in uh, the Hawkeye series. Uh, but, you know, not only that, but we also know that Kingpin is back in this season. And obviously, um, Vincent D'Onofrio is just that guy is just a presence. Mm-hmm. Like he just he just when he shows up, whenever he shows up in a movie, you're just like, oh, yeah, it's going to get good. I, it's literally debatably one of the best, if not the best, like Marvel like castings for live action uh it's it's really hard to disagree with you on that one man um but so here we are echo is out it is uh the fr- is this the second tv ma because wasn't moon knight ma wasn't i don't think moon knight was MA. Was, i think this oh. is the first one is why the first TV i think this is why it's a big deal is oh yeah because it's because uh, at the beginning you get the the marvel spotlight <clears throat> yeah yeah so you kind of get under that different banner mm-hmm. so it's not the same uh, umbrella uh, hulk joke nice yeah you like that i, yeah. I mean i i didn't think of it like that i just spit it out but sure. i'll take credit for it as if i yeah, planned it out yeah, pun intended pun intended <clears throat> um she has a white handprint on her face is she uh you uh, urukai that's urukai. A, that's a fu- that's a fun that uh urukai are the the well you wouldn't know so that's up above your head but urukai <laughs> are the super soldier orcs from lord of the rings oh there um, you go there you go but uh uh yeah no she that's that's the hand it has to do with uh ninjas basically we'll go we'll just start there i think so right and i'll remind you this is not a full review uh he is three episodes in i am i am only two episodes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have five episodes total so we'll definitely jump back into this a little bit deeper next week talk about our overall thoughts on the series itself um but tone i'm you know i'm two episodes in you're three episodes in i want to get mm-hmm. your initial thoughts on where you're at because you're a little bit further ahead but overall five <laughs> three episodes in um, I've really enjoyed it, uh, so far. I, I can see, um, where it, I think what people want from this is they want more of that daredevil feel. Now it's got shades of that. Yep. Some of the combat's good. Um, but you'll probably dive a little bit differently into that. So I'll let you handle that. But, um, it's, a, it's definitely telling a slower burn of a story. But I feel like what's going to lose some folks, and, and at times has me as well, too, is that there isn't enough action. Mm-hmm. Like, they made a bold choice to the locale that they're doing this in, so it's not completely in New York. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, like, I can understand some people saying, hey, it's a nice change of scenery, but I'm also like, hey, kind of weird to not be there. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, right, right. Um, but it's good because I think for the character, it's probably going to d- tire back to her roots, so I understand that thought process, and I think that's the most important piece. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody asked if she's in the comments. Yes, she is. Um, yeah, she's a Native American uh, character. Uh, it's pretty cool how they've leaned into that in this series. It's probably my favorite part about the series. Mm-hmm. Is much like Miss Marvel, how they like, leaned into her heritage and did a great job of that. Sure. They're doing a really neat job of that as well, too, as they kind of build up and work up to you know, her um, her bloodline and, you know, I don't want to dive too much into that, but, like, how her ans- where her ancestry comes sure, from and yep. who she is and what that's going to mean for her now. They've done a good job of, like, going to the past and making it relevant into this episode. I say that to say because, as we all know, after the Book of Boba Fett, they did that time-jumping thing wrong, and I'm always <laughs> going to point that out. They're doing a good job of that within this one. Um, it's only five episodes long, so yep. how deep can we get into that character development? Well, I'm after the third one. 
they better put the 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 foot to the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. I feel like so four and five better come with the correctness. Sure. Um, you know, but so far I'm enjoying it. Is it the best so far in three episodes? I can feel like I've seen in Disney Plus. No. Is it the worst? Absolutely not. I think sure. it's just going to be a a good series. I think Hawkeye is a is a good higher tiered series. Yep. Um, and I think this is going to come in right around that as well too. So, uh, I I, I will say for the TVMA. There's been some, and you know, yeah, even yeah. even in the episode third episode, you get a little bit more. But there is, there we need to see more of the MA. We I need to see I need to see more MA basically. Yeah. So, no, yeah, they, you know, Tone, I think you, I think you make a lot of good points. Uh, obviously, I'm still one episode behind, but like where I'm at right now with it is I'm like, you know, when this show was advertised, two things that they really pushed in those trailers was the action. And they were not shy about mentioning, hey, it's TVMA. You're getting some gritty street-level mm-hmm. Marvel shit. Yep, yep. And you're like, oh, yeah, man, we're, we're New York. Street-level from fucking, the woods. <laughs> yeah, it's gritty New York. We're going to get some, like, a seedy underground shit going mm-hmm. on. I'm like, all right, man, let's get to it. And, like, immediately, like, we're in, like, backwoods Oklahoma. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay, this, this is where I am. Cool, I just went home. It's like, it, it kind of feels like watching, like, Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, where, like, you're on a boat the whole time, and then you're in New York for, like, five minutes. Right. And that's all you get. You're like, okay. <laughs> uh, didn't they really uh, promote some big reveal, too? I don't know if they, I didn't get that from a trailer. Well, if that's the case, did. it might happen for about 98 seconds. 92 seconds, I think, is what you told me. Is it 98 yeah, seconds? Either way. I mean, it's it's Split cool. Hairs. It's cool, but it was pretty dope. Yeah, uh, the if I miss was worth it. Best uppercut movies, <laughs> but like, um, you know, like it's it's advertised as being one thing, you know, and and like, look, I love the I love character development. It's, it's very in, important for a character, especially for like Maya Lopez, something a character I'm not overly familiar with. We didn't get a whole mm-hmm. lot of depth from her in yeah. in Hawkeye, and so we got to explain her background and her heritage, and we are getting that. Like you said, it's kind of drip feeded to us, and. What they show us at the beginning is kind of like it's connected to something that goes on later in the episode in present time. Uh, so it is kind of a slow burn in that regard. I feel like this and Hawkeye is kind of like their answer to what, um, uh, God, what was the show for Star Wars? The street level one, one that we fucking love. I can't remember the guy's name. Mando? No, no, no. The other one. based off Oh, Andor? Andor. Yes, there oh. you go. Andor. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like right. Andor. It's like much more grounded. You're not looking at a mm-hmm. bunch of big superheroes and shit. Um, so like that's how old I am, man. Like I can't remember fucking a name of a show. I'm fucking old. Give me a break. But um, no, I feel like this is like their version of like Andor. Like you're kind of getting down to the nitty gritty stuff, the street level yeah. characters, and you're not again, you're not relying on Thor's hammer and all the mystical stuff of like the MCU. Right. You're more focused, right. on, even though like, you're leaning in, into a little bit with Maya. Uh, but overall, it's just kind of a slower burn, smaller scale stuff. But there is some good action. Uh, the warehouse scene in the first episode is really good. The issue I have with that one is some of the editing is isn't great you know when you see other action movies that are doing it a lot better uh there's like like, there's one scene where like they do this weird cut like she like maya walks into a room and there's this weird cut with the camera and then it comes back to her but you can tell that it's not the same actress that's playing maya it's somebody else doing the stunts and it's not even like kind of like oh is that her no you're just like that's clearly not her it can take you out it took me I, at first i was just like oh man you could have probably disguised it a little bit better yeah, yeah, uh I, so I some agree. of the editing is a little is a little dodgy um and that but i mean overall it was a good sequence due to the big reveal that happens halfway yeah. through the fight yeah yeah uh and then in the second episode there's a pretty uh a daring train sequence that's 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 exciting uh but you know it's improved uh, 
um, in terms of like the CG that's used, it's improved upon based on, compared to like previous Disney Plus offerings, but it's not great, great yet. Still dark time and still dark, and that's used to like mask some of the cheaper special effects. But again, not a bad sequence. Um, and but it's like I said, it's the character, uh, it's Maya's development, uh, her family, uh, is a, is is an integral part of the story. Uh, but like right now, I need more Vinny. And now you're one episode ahead of me. Vinny is kind of like not really all there that much. You know, he's in the first episode. The second episode, he's not even there. So I need some more Vincent D'Onofrio. I need some more Kingpin mm. uh, just because I just know what he's capable of as an actor. Right. And right. I feel like every time I get him on screen, it kind of raises the stakes. And kind of I'm like, okay, here we go. Things are gonna mm-hmm. about to, mm-hmm. Shit's about to hit the fan. So two episodes in, I dig it. I like where it's at. Uh, I'm hoping, like you said, it picks up more, and then we hit that 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 pedal to the metal for the final yeah. two episodes. Yeah, yeah. And it's from what I've been reading, it says has. I mean, overall, it's done well. Critic reviews. I mean, critic reviews are, you know, it's always hit or miss. I feel like as well. I think user reviews are certainly at least ten points higher, which is a good sign. If you're in the high seventies, eighties with critic or, or actual like normal people reviews, that tells me the creators you're, understood you're, the assignment. You're, you're, yeah, you're 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 sitting pretty well because nothing can be perfect. You're always going to have things that can be better, or critique or. You know, whatever. And I think the problem with this, we got to be careful when we check our expectations and you see things like Daredevil around, even maybe Kingpin as, as well to some degree, is that, you know, they are trying to build the character Echo. It's, yes. you know, they 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 peppered her in with Hawkeye and it was a good way. They they were able to say, let's move with this character first. Yep. Trust me, she's in the right zone of characters that yeah. we'll see yep. more of these other characters probably down the line as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like they're rewriting and working with some of the Daredevil stuff as well, too. And, you know, you were talking about how it's nice to see these characters that are street level, they're more grounded and all yeah. that. Imagine how you would have felt 10 years ago watching Daredevil on Netflix that first time. <laughs> That's a valid point. Valid point. Really, Josie Wales, I can't watch it. watch it yet due to my parental settings on Disney+. Plus. Come on, Josie. He, he turned 19 today and can drink in Canada. <laughs> Fix some settings, dude. Come on, bro. What's up with that? Josie, uh, you weren't here earlier. I played the Michigan Fight Song for your team. Congratulations on your national championship title. I'm glad you guys got the banner. Uh, And, yeah, I just wanted to show my respect. Uh, I I mean, was I happy about seeing you fucking goons winning the national title? No, not at all. No, fuck you. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That's a one-time thing. You weren't here for yeah, it. That's yeah. tough shit. Go Check watch Check the after the show's done. You got you got one and done, baby. Okay, I did my part. I showed some sport, but fuck it. I don't give a shit about your school anymore now. I just wanted to be cordial and play it because you guys did play a really good game. Uh, Washington was um, was a high-powered offense, and you guys just shut it down. Michael Penix Jr. was probably the, the best quarterback in the country, arguably, and you guys shut him down. So... It was impressive. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah, we're done now. We're done now, and uh, it's it's behind us. You know, you know, you guys always tell Michigan State fans, hey, D'Antonio's shit, that was years ago. That's in the past. You know what? So is your national title. It's in the past. Bigger news today, Nick Saban retired. <gasps> I did see that. Nick Saban. That's what happens, man. Nick Saban got a shit pushed in by Michigan, and he's like, you know what? I'm out. Fuck the SEC. I'm no longer... The big dog, I'm out, backs out. So it's whatever. All right, Tone. Yeah, we got a single trailer. Oh man, we have a, a single treat. trailer. And uh, dude, so you remember last year when uh, the Winnie the Pooh copyright thing like went up and it became public domain, and 
sure as shit, we get a trailer for Winnie Pooh, Blood, Blood and Honey. Blood and Honey. And everyone was like, oh, my God, this looks this looks fucking I mean, it looked cool at first. It was concept. a cool concept. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on January 1st of this year, the very first character that Disney ever ran out there on screen, animated character, mm-hmm. Steamboat Willie, who would later become Mickey Mouse. Steamboat Willie copyright is now public domain. And sure as fucking shit, somebody was paying attention. And we get a trailer for Mickey's Mousetrap. These are the best party that we can throw. some rejections in my time, but man, that was a little There's blood all over the jungle gym. Blood. Yes. in a horror movie, you never say, I'll be right back, because then you don't. seen Winnie the Pooh yet because I refuse to buy it. I think it's streaming on I think it's streamable now on like Prime. Um this Twitch channel may even need to be reported for <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. I respect it. No, I mean that 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 just looks terrible. And it was when the guy does the whole screen bit about saying I'll be right back, I was like, this this is where we're at with the originality of the writing, huh? Uh <laughs> I I definitely saw uh, it, Seven Dungeons said this be worse than Slaughterhouse. Absolutely. Slaughterhouse, at least as bad as that was, tried. were some, yeah, tried. And there was a few small redeemable qualities on it. Not many, but. The slaughter using the computer was fucking hilarious. You know, Blood and Honey was unwatchable. That's what I've kind of heard. That's why I've been done it. Probably better than Blood. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know. I'm going to, I'll do what I did with Blood and Honey and wait to hear everybody else talk about it because <laughs> sometimes for the show, we have to watch so much stuff. It can be hard to find the right time to put this stuff in to watch. So they even started, they even tried to start like a hashtag in the trailer. The mouse is out. And I'm like, dude, that's fucking lame, bro. So yeah, Mickey's mouse trap. 
and dude, there's a fucking game coming out too. Like there's, it's called, I think it's called Mouse Infestation. Like it's based on Steamboat Willie, dude. Like as soon as January first hit, everyone started just throwing shit out there. Like, oh, here's a fucking game, and here's a fucking movie, and. It's just like, dude, come oh, on. At least ass. the Blood and Honey yeah. trailer was good. This trailer, it just looks It would have been funnier if maybe either this is animated or, like, yeah, really, like, a smaller Steamboat dude, Willie. Run, dude, you know what they should have done? Like, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Have him be animated in a fucking, like, live-action world? See, that would have been more per- Well, it's the, apparently the patent's open, so I'm figured out. So, um, did you think Thanksgiving yet? You still haven't seen it, have I you? I own it, but I haven't seen it yet. Goddamn. Yeah, um, I loved Thanksgiving. I was a big fan of that. I thought it was actually a really good movie. It was definitely hilarious. Um, One of the things you and I are planning on doing, because there's not a whole lot of big movies coming up. I mean, there's a, there's a couple here littered throughout in the next couple, like, weeks. Where I think we're gonna try to get caught up on some movies that dropped some backlogs last year, from last year that we so we can get talk to. about some of these movies because there are some really really good movies that we missed that we would like to talk about. Still, speaking of games, there's a yeah, to- yeah. Toxic Commando. Yeah, uh, I, I saw the trailer for it. I mean, look, I love John Carpenter, but his involvement is gonna be minimal here. Um, and I just I I don't know about that one yet. It's it sounds like a fun concept, but if it, is it gonna be fun to play? You know, I've played games that were supposed to be fun, but I'm a little concerned about that one. Uh, have the cartoon come out of the old movie reel. Just came out with a better movie. I mean, it would be sweet, man. Lions game at the theater this weekend in Bertrand. Dude, they're playing it like at every Imagine. Excuse me. Every Imagine theater almost. They did it for the Michigan Time's game. The game at. Uh, it's 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. on Sunday night. I'm going to be at that game, Trick. I'll be in the crowd. Look for me on TV, getting drunk, double fisting beers, and probably getting thrown off a balcony somewhere. I don't know. Hey, you'll definitely be getting double fisted. I'll be double fisting something. Yeah. And it might not be Those beers. Bathrooms. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited about. But this looks, uh, I don't know, man. This is one of those ones I'll probably, I'll probably see Winnie the Pooh before I actually watch this one. It's just, it's wild to me how quickly these folks are like keeping track of these copyrights. And they're like, oh, man, Steamboat Willie, let's make a fucking horror film. It's like Sounds like a great porn, too. I mean, I would I would see that. I would definitely yeah, see that. Yeah, attacking Disney World. Yeah, there you go. Like, while kids are on. Yeah, see, that's like, even a good premise, too. Like, he's attacking all the children while they're trying to get on the rides. There you go. This looks better than Blood and Honey. <clears throat> I don't know about that one. But I, I, I respect it. I respect you standing your ground. And say anything that looks better than Blood Hunt. I yeah. thought this looked terrible. Where's the news ticker? Uh, we don't have a news ticker yet. This is something uh, we're starting. But maybe you know, I could have it going across the see. top. We're but this is news from around the realm. Testing it out. Pop culture. We're just going to talk about some news bits, things that drop throughout the week that we think are interesting. Uh, first up, Tone. Tom Cruise and Warner Brothers. Discovery. Remember, it's not just Warner Brothers. It's Warner it's Brothers. Discovery. Discovery. Because they're and now I guess they're trying to like combine with who is it? Well, we talked about it recently. Is it Paramount? I think they're trying to combine some with? with Paramount, which is interesting because Tom's got a big hand on Paramount because of all the Mission Impossibles as well too. I will make a voice command saying "Breaking news, bitches!" With like that little little piano riff. I think that'd be fucking. I think that'd be fucking sweet. Uh, so yeah, the Top Gun star and Warner Brothers, uh, they're teaming up to like develop this like this team or this production company that will produce uh, original and franchise theatrical films uh, starting this year. Um, and basically, yeah, I mean, they're, they're bringing in Tom. Obviously the guy has had a little bit of success at the box office. Mm-hmm. He's made a couple good movies, but I think it's been over like the last, like once he really started his production company started like working on 
uh, the Mission Impossible movies, um, people have really started taking notice to his attention to detail, yeah. how serious he takes action movies, and how he's all about that uh, that cinematic experience when you go to the theater. And he's had a lot of success with that uh, since he's really kind of mm-hmm. dove into that, and he's taking it a little bit more serious, doing some wild stunts and shit. And uh, he's, you know, Warner Brothers is trying to like bring that studio back to its greatness from like the 80s and 90s, you know, because Warner Brothers is they're still big, but they're not quite like what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Some of the movies are a little bit more hit misses than hits. Uh, but DCU. Uh, there you go. I mean, that's probably something. I mean, th- and these are original and franchise movies. So his production company is going to be making original stuff, but also there's franchises under the Warner Brothers umbrella that he'll have his hands in to either like revitalize them or maybe uh, reboot them. So it'll be really interesting to see what he does here. But uh, this is what um, Warner Brothers had to say. We are thrilled to be working with Tom, an absolute legend in the film industry. Our vision from day one has been to rebuild this iconic studio to the heights of its glory days. Uh, and that was uh, Warner Brothers president and CEO Michael DeLuca and Pam Abbey. That's what they had to say about the thing. Uh, Tom Cruise is equally excited. Obviously, he probably got a nice little paycheck. But, I mean, he's basically getting a studio right or an office. Right on the lot. Right on the Warner Brothers lot. So that is like HQ for him. Right under the Animaniacs Warner Brothers <laughs> water tower. <laughs> right under. That's where Tom Cruise is going to be hanging out. But this, yeah. this is a big deal. I mean, he's going to basically be like kind of like their, their, their James Gunn. For what he's doing or for DC, Arnold for Netflix, Arnold for Netflix. But I mean, I'm like specifically in Warner Brothers, they brought in uh, James Gunn. Say, hey, you're going to handle this stuff. We're bringing in Tom Cruise to handle these other yeah. movies. So you're leaning into these people who have a history of delivering great content and solid performances at the box office, and that's what they really want to do here. Yeah. So it's pretty wild that you know Tom Cruise is like, I think they said he's 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 accounted for 13 billion dollars at the box office. I mean, the guy is just, yeah, just, just hit after hit, P- uh, polarizing all that fun stuff. Uh, you know, we all know it, but when it comes to specifically movies he makes, we know we can guarantee he's going to shout. He's probably going to run. We're going to run, but he makes more often than not entertaining movies, and and know, he might even try to kill himself through a stunt. <laughs> You're right. And those and, are the and, three things you can count yeah, on. <laughs> I, I I always enjoy a good old fashioned uh, Tom Cruise flick uh, most of the time. So. You know, let, let's go. Why not? Really interesting story when that broke, man. Yeah. That was really interesting. It's not something you really see in the industry too no, often. No, where you feel like an actor. Yeah. Just assume the role. I mean, we already knew he had a production company, but clearly he's been doing good enough to where now the actual studios are like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Make our shit better, will ya? Right. So that's what they're doing. All right, Tone, next bit of information we found out this week. <laughs> now, this is a weird one, and I want to kind of get your thoughts on this because a lot of speculation, things haven't been quite like ironed out yet or explained. But we do know that Mando and Grogu are headed to the big screen. Yeah. We are going to get a Mandalorian and Grogu movie directed by John Favreau, produced by Favreau, produced by Dave Filoni, and your favorite Kathleen Kennedy. The Mandalorian and Grogu will go into production this year. And it sounds like, you know, they're targeting 2025. There's a slate of other Star Wars movies coming out in 2026, 2027. So in order for this work, they're, they're thinking that sometime in 2025 is when you can expect right. this movie to drop. Now, they're obviously, Tone, we're getting a movie. But at last year, John Fravo said this, season four, yeah, I've written it already. It's already been written. We have to know where we're going to tell a fully formed story. We had it mapped out. 
Dave Filoni and I, and then slowly you start to write each episode. That was last year. So he had already written season four. But now Deadline uh, did a report. They offered something on updates, and it's not yet been confirmed whether Pedro Pascal will reprise his role <laughs> as the Mandalorian for the new film. <laughs> At present, a fourth season of this series is also in development. So we're going to get a movie. We're also supposedly going to get a season four. What is going on, Tony? How can we have, like, both these running? I mean, is, is the movie coming before season four or is season four leading into the movie? We don't know. We don't really know. And I think that's why there's a lot more questions than anything. I think the one thing that's clear to me at this point is that when they were saying, I don't think Pedro's going to be involved. I'm going to say that instantly. With the movie. I don't think he will be. Unless they say, here's another zero at the end of the check. Put the fucking helmet on. Stop your goddamn baby ass crying. Right. We'll see. I don't know. I think... It just proves everybody's theories that, and, and kind of how everybody, all the actors are talking about, like, well, the Mandalorian didn't necessarily always mean Din Djarin, you know, because they were kind of handed off to Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan, right, which, right. okay, I, 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 can, I can see that from a certain point of view. I get it. Because um, they're also calling this Mandalorian and Grogu as a working title right now. Uh -huh. They're not saying, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just... <laughs> Jesus. Well, <laughs> Disney's going to LA. Right, exactly. They they really are. Well, that that's the problem for me in some degree when I look at this, is that it went from, you know, we had some good storytelling. The character Din Djarin moved forward, um, you know, in season two, he's taking the mask off. He's getting away from the zealots. And then there was, we've talked about it many times here, but just to get everybody up to speed that may or may not care. They reversed a lot of that. They had in the middle of Book of Boba Fett, after he gave Grogu away, go get back and get Grogu because people, and I will assume as always, that like Kathleen Kennedy's like, oh, you just you just cut out our moneymaker, you know? Right, right, right. Because right. now the kids don't want to watch it. And, <laughs> you know, maybe the, you know, somebody doesn't want to watch it. They're I not want selling, Baby Yoda. Right, they're not selling enough animatronic little fucking Grogu's and everybody's crying about it. So, uh, because they lost their moneymaker. So, it, and everybody that, that's seen them all knows that it just felt weird because we always make the jokes about the Mando episodes in Book of Boba Fett because they didn't fit. They were just out of nowhere. Right. Just so they go back and have Mando grab Grogu and go on an adventure. So, I think this movie is an answer to that. It's a way to say, okay, clearly Pedro doesn't want to do this character anymore. Clearly the story <laughs> has run itself and its course with these characters yeah. in this as we're handing to Bo-Katan. We're going to focus on Mandalore. We're going to do all this other stuff. Okay, cool. And then maybe it'll work with Ahsoka, and maybe this will too. We don't even really fucking know how this all ties in. We do know, so, uh, not to cut you out real quick, Ahsoka season two did, is now in development. It, it's in development, yeah. which, you know, for definitely is, is as well as that was. So this is for them to try and use these characters to make some fucking dough. Right. Because Disney Plus probably didn't make the kind of money off of this that they want. I mean, it, it did initially, and then they, you know, reverse course on some stuff and piss a few people off, yada, yada, yada. This will put them with a bigger budget and in front of a lot of fucking eyes. Right. And that means they're going to sell a lot of fucking merch. That's what this comes down to. It's a revamping of this merch for Grogu. So do I feel like that, yes, Favreau's going to do his best to write a good story? Absolutely. Favreau, like, he might not always have 100% wins, but he does. He 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 is a fan of the, the things that he does, and he, he's, for all intents and purposes, good to have involved at the helm. So I, I would say, you know, there's a good chance it's going to be enjoyable. It's just... After everything that's been going on, Star Wars is a, is a at one point a pretty hardcore Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. Seven Dungeons, a couple others, Rohit, of course. We're kind of at this point, like we're, like for me, I'm not like overly excited yet. I'm like I'm gonna wait to see. I'm gonna reserve my excitement for sure. a while because 
I, I just it's it, the the product has become exactly that a product instead of something that you can enjoy and you know have good stories, good character development, and things in that nature. So, um, <laughs> but you know we'll see. I I don't know really overall what to think of this. I think it's I I think at the end of the day, and I get it, it's a business, it's about money. I think this is an answer to a lot of the subpar things. They know that they've had gold with Grogu and maybe with Mando, so. Let's continue. They probably think shine the gold. Let's get it out there. Make some money. Yeah. Move forward. So, do you think the goal is to like <laughs> kind of like separate Mando or uh, Dinjarin and and Grogu from the Mandalorian like storyline and make Bo-Katan the lead focus on I, the show? I I do to some degree because I feel like at this point now he doesn't even have the dark saber. He's yeah, not that's gonna, what I'm thinking. Like he's not like, going to be lead. Yeah, they want to have these guys go out and just have an adventure and have a story, isolate it, whatever they want to do, and maybe thread back in. To help with the Thrawn stuff, I don't know. Maybe this will somehow. There's some of these guys thought thinking maybe this would be a good way to thread him in to the Ray movie because you know she's supposed to be training people. Most of us assumed eventually he would be a Jedi, but now I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know a lot of that sort of stuff. I might be getting ahead of myself, but I do feel like yes, this is a way for them to, and it might even bring Pedro back into the fold for the movie. I don't know, but I think it's definitely a way to pull him out of the the, the mm-hmm. Disney Plus thing so they can, because it's almost a distraction, because if you keep this character in there and you're yeah. saying Mandalorian, yeah. you're thinking Din Djarin and not Bo-Katan or whatever. So yeah. I think, yeah, it's definitely to make some money off the characters they know they could probably initially make some monies off. Do you think, like, like honestly, if you, if you were Disney Plus, I mean, you're looking at, like, okay, obviously you put a movie out of the theater, it's going to pull in. Uh, now everything's kind of going back to normal with movies and making the money they can make at the theater. Do you think that's the focus? So like, okay, look, we have Grogu, and Grogu is a marketable little fucker, and mm-hmm. he can make a lot of money off mm-hmm. him, get him on the big screen, and Pedro Pascal go mm-hmm. on the big screen, and now that you kind of removed him from that Mandalorian storyline, now you can give him more of an opportunity to take his helmet off mm-hmm. because, you know, hey, well, he's not part of the Mandalorian story. Right. Make his own thing so Pedro's happy. Mm-hmm. And then now here's my thing, though. Obviously, Bo-Katan is always up against Thrawn or what have you, right? Like she's part of that fight. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, that with Bo-Katan, if she kind of takes the lead for the the Mandalorian the Mandalorian series, mm-hmm. do you think that's where Thrawn's destined to stay, or do you think Thrawn will be one of those villains, or like, hey, he's a he's a big screen villain, or do you think that's where he's more susceptible? to I stuff? really don't know what their plan is at this point. Yeah. I definitely know that I don't even think they know what the end of Ahsoka because I don't think they were sure they were going to get a second, um, you know, season of that as well, too. Maybe they kind of knew, but whatever. But, you know, it, it's hard to tell. Like, I think if they were smart, mm-hmm. they would have, you know, maybe this is their way to kind of get in with that, to get that thrown on the big screen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're maybe we're all because Filoni's got a movie for the big screen coming. Yeah. And my guess would be that's got to do with Thrawn. Okay. So maybe another season of Soka, whatever, doing this. Maybe another season of Mando, and they all converge and they all mix in. Maybe I don't know. I mean, maybe they're trying to build the like a small version of the Avengers doing that route, and that's fine. But like, again, it, it's just it's hard to know where they're gonna go because season three was such a mess. I was all over the place. Clearly, this is a knee jerk reaction to put these guys in the big screen because I think again they know they they need to get something out there that's gonna you know make some money. The Ray stuff was announced. It's already been met with a lot of back and forth, like mm-hmm. excitement. A lot of us aren't, you know, a lot of Star Wars fans are not excited about it at all, mm-hmm. you know, for numerous reasons. But they're they're doubling down on their their content going forward, and that's fine. But like, 
it makes sense that if they want to lead with the content that did help repair some yeah. of that fan base to go with these characters. Now, Seven Dungeons is very hardline about Grogu. He can't stand it, and he's not the <laughs> only one. I think it is a minority of people. Myself, I don't mind the character. I think it's fun. I think it's a little bit of levity. I enjoy it. I really do. Um, I want to use that as a segue. The reason I say that is because Tricky asked, he said, but isn't Star Wars for the kids? George Lucas always said that it was made for kids even early on. Mm -hmm. I will say that those kids grow up. They're the ones buying the merch. They're the ones showing their kids. They're the ones paying for movie tickets. Right. They're the ones being like me, who's still 14 years old, basically, and buying all the fucking action figures and buying the merchandise right. and serving them. So you can't continue to serve 14-year-old kids that don't have any money and not pay the piper as well, too. Sure. And that it's so, while, yes, it is for kids, and I think overall, like, that's the whole thought process, but, you know, when it's been around for 40 years, it's not just for kids anymore, right? Like, right. you have to be able to, if you want to continue it and make it something that, you know, somebody wants to pass on to their nephew, to their to their granddaughter, or whoever, right. it's got to be something that ties them in and brings them back in, too. And when you, what Disney has done, and this is part of the problem, is they've taken the pass because of the royalties, that's where it comes in, and the money involved, um, you know, to pay like the 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 Mark Hamels or whatever. Sure, they've wanted to move forward with their own content and write it because they'll have full one hundred percent. Like they don't have to worry about paying Mark Hamill a check, right? Whatever. Right. And I get it; it makes sense. But the problem is they're worried more about the money and the product, as you've always heard Rohit talk about, than they are building a good story. Mm -hmm. You got to build the story first. You got to do your check boxes later. Build a good story, hook people in, and the rest will follow. Okay. And that's the right way to do it. My, my 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 thing is though is like it just makes me wonder like if you know if this is their plan is to move Grogu and Mando to the big screen where Pedro Pascal is probably a little bit more comfortable on the big screen than he is like doing a series, and then if Bo Katan takes over the Mandalorian series, personally I mean I think Bo Katan's a cool character I just don't see that being a show that continues for several more seasons like if if that's the ultimate play is to kind of move things mm -hmm. over to Bo Katan. Look, when you make a Star Wars property show, mm -hmm. whether it's a TV series, there is a budget involved, and it's a high budget. Mm -hmm. And if and that's nothing against Bo-Katan, but if you don't have Bo-Katan there, or if you if the plan is to move Thrawn to the big screen, is there enough compelling stories to justify that cost? I would say there is, but the problem is, is that they gotta fucking worry about the story first. Sure, sure. Stop worrying about the product and the money. Worry about the fucking story first. Sure. You know, because even a new hope, as goofy as it is with all the, the hugs, the clapping, and the the smiles, and the good jobs and stuff like that, <laughs> there was still something that hooked people and hooked everybody since seventy right. seven going forward. So, sure. you know, it, it, it's about that story first. And you know, there is a lot of story they could tell. You know, I've set up with even Rohit here, like. It's a galaxy far, far away. Right. We've only ever covered ten or fifteen percent, maybe of it. Right. That's there's there's billions well, there's billions of planets and in solar systems in a galaxy. So there's a lot of content out there and a lot of stories to be told. Mm -hmm. But the problem is we keep going to the same fucking Tatooine, the same Skywalker yeah, story. Yeah. We keep working worrying about all these other things. Mandalorian was great because when it first came out, it felt like it was a separate piece of that. And we were getting that gritty Western vibe. Yeah, yeah. And it's fine that they interwork some of the main stuff into it. That's always great because that threading, that that nostalgia, those those member berries are great, right? Yeah. But you got to be careful on how far you lean into those. And I and I, I think the problem we saw with season three 
is because, you know, even though it's never been confirmed, we've talked about it again, too, on Hypothesis, there is definitely something going on behind the scenes with Favreau and, and Kennedy. Yep. There's definitely something going on with Pedro wearing the mask and him not being happy doing the role anymore. So season three was a mess because they were trying to hand off that baton right. or the Darksaber to Katie Sackhoff, somebody who wants to be involved, who likes Star Wars and wants to move forward and be Mandalorian, a fluid name, which is fine and great, but it made season three felt very, excuse me, pushed right. in some way. So maybe a season four with all, all that bullshit, maybe they can write a good story and season four can That's be a little like. bit focused on the Mandalore story and moving forward. Right. And, you know, and, and then we won't have to worry about all that shit. So season three might be like, you know, the season, what was one of the episodes or season, I think season three of Dexter was the one that everybody's bitches about as well too. And then the end, of course, but you know, there's always <laughs> a season or something in, in a, in a TV series that people are like, ah, it's a shit one. Yeah. Maybe that will be our shit one. And maybe four will be great. We don't know, but yeah. um, it's still an interesting choice for them to do this. And I do think at the end of the day, unfortunately it kind of comes down to the money. Yeah. And love or hate that. Um, like I said, I, I don't mind the character Grogu. It makes sense to me. I think he's fun. I, you know, uh, but it's just, it's at this point hard for me to be excited about anymore. It's better to have those shit seasons somewhere in the middle as opposed to season eight or nine Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, you know? right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where you Kate, can still fix shit halfway through yeah, with a bad episode, but right, when you yeah. end the season, the yeah. whole fucking series with a garbage I season. I, I was two things because I want to come back. Uh, Katie Sackhoff as Starbuck in the Battlestar Galactica series is fucking, it's fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's why I, I mean, she voiced the character of Bo Katan during the series. Katie Sackhoff's a, a nerd herself. Her yeah. dad's a big Star Wars fan. I love that she's involved because she cares. Um, I will always say that you bring up Game of Thrones. I know this is very off topic, but it's crazy to think in 2011, the show comes out of nowhere, even though there were books already, and literally changed the format. Even now to probably the products that we're doing and getting and seeing and receiving streaming today to take the pop culture world and literally grab it by the balls and flip it upside down to going after eight seasons. And until House of Dragon, nobody talking hardly about it or no, you, don't see, do it. you don't see anything remember walk, how fucking scared people were with house of dragon coming out at first we were just like man i don't know if i'm ready for, yeah i know i, don't I know. know and then i don't yeah, know if i'm know, ready to move on it's wild to think how game of thrones when you look at that it one day it's going to be an amazing documentary oh about yeah all that, and i can't, I, I can't dive into that last yeah. season like i want to know what like the, the showrunners comments i want to know what the showrunners were thinking because i remember yeah. at one point remember the showrunners were supposed to take over star wars the two guys were There was an article today I shared with the Star Wars guys about that as well, too. They actually gave uh, details about that. Oh, did they? Yeah, they today. were supposed yeah. to take over. And so everyone thought, oh, they're just fucking hurrying through this so they can get to the Star Wars right. deal. And then ultimately, they never, they're, they're no longer no, they, they like, tied to it. their project, yep, yep. Which is, which is wild. Because, I mean, I remember when that story broke during the final season, everyone was like, oh, that explains why this season fucking sucks. Yeah, they're like, we're, yeah. we want that Disney money, baby. Right, right. No, there, I think there's a lot of breakdown things that happen there. But thankfully, House of Dragon, the, that first season was awesome. really good. New one starts this year. New one starts this year. We're really excited about that as well, too. But, yeah. Awesome. Anton, uh, last bit of news you want to discuss. Um, next week on the 18th, which is, wow, that's Friday. No, Thursday. Next Thursday, uh, Xbox announced their next developer direct. So that'll be taking place next Thursday. Uh, we do know the four developers that'll be there. We're going to see uh, Machine Games. They did the, uh, the um, Jesus, 
Wolfenstein games, the, the, the reboots, the Wolfenstein games. Actually, those were received really, really fucking well. good. They're yeah, really, really, really good. Received well. They're actually handling the new Indiana Jones games that they got the, the license for. Um, and we're going to see a 10-minute gameplay video of Indiana Jones. I'm really curious to see how this plays out. And wh- where it's in the timeline. <laughs> where it's at. Is this an original story or <laughs> right, is this right, something right. that's, you right. know, I'm, obviously it's going to be an original story, but how is it going to be tied together? This belongs in a museum. Uh, there, there you go. Uh, we know Obsidian is going to be a part of this. They're going to talk about Avowed. That's a game that I'm actually really interested in. I thought Avowed has looked really good every yeah. time they yeah, show it. It's it a does. first person, like uh, mages, and like, like kind mm-hmm. of like a, a Skyrim setting. Very mm-hmm. fantasy-driven uh, uh, first-person mm-hmm. game. We're going to get a deep dive into that mm-hmm. uh, for with gameplay. So that. that should be really cool. Obsidian, obviously, very talented. Uh, this is uh, Oxide Games, um, our, uh, the history untold. Uh, this is a studio founded by veterans of the strategy genre and creators behind classic strategy titles, including Civ V. Uh, they'll unveil exclusive new gameplay and share more details about the inspiration, key features, and road ahead for their upcoming historical grand strategy game. Ooh. So that's interesting from Oxide Games, our history untold. Okay. We're going to okay. dive into that. And then the one that uh, I'm really excited yeah. for, uh, Senua's uh, Saga Hellblade 2. Uh, Ninja Theory will take us behind the scenes at their studio uh, to give us some insight on how they're crafting uh, Hellblade 2. The team will speak to the ambition and meticulous care involved in creating Senua's journey of survival. Uh, the interesting thing about this developer's direct tone is that they had one of these last year, and obviously it was cool. They talked about some of the games, but the big thing that came out of their last year's developer direct was Hi-Fi, Hi-Fi Rush. Rush yeah. The shadow yeah, yeah. dropping of Hi-Fi Rush from um, Tango Gameworks. It took the world by storm, well-received by critics and uh, gamers alike. Uh, uh, there's a lot of rumors speculating that we're probably going to get some kind of shadow drop this year. One rumor was really interesting that's kind of picked up a lot of steam is uh, several insiders and a couple people in the press have said uh, Xbox, Microsoft, has a plan to release one of their high-profile first-party titles on a competitive platform. Oh yeah, that's been getting kicked around. That's been moved. There was a lot of smoke behind that. Mm-hmm. Some of the more reputable people, reputable, reputable journalists online, have uh, pretty much confirmed that they've heard the same thing. And it sounds like Hi-Fi Rush might be making an appearance on a Nintendo Switch. Perfect idea. Which is a really good spot for that game. It's not very demanding. It should run good. It should look good. Uh, that's really interesting. That's there's this weird relationship with Xbox and Nintendo. We're like, yeah, man. But here's the thing that's kind of funny about it. it's like Xbox saying, like, hey, man. We'll put our shit on your platform. They're probably like, can we get some Mario stuff? And Nintendo's like, no. Nintendo would never. You ain't getting shit. Right, 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 but it's interesting that they're going to drop that. But I don't think that will be the big shadow drop. I mean, I wouldn't be I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. That makes a lot of sense. Like I said, it's a game I think that would fit naturally mm-hmm. on that system. I am still expecting some other big reveal or uh, another surprise drop that will be happening next week. So it's really going to be interesting. We're going to get some deep dives on some games that I'm really interested in. But they set the precedent last year of how they handle these developer directs, and I expect some kind of like fireworks or some kind of surprise this year. Mm-hmm. But, man, if you have a Nintendo Switch and, and you don't have an Xbox, and if they do drop fucking Hi-Fi Rush on there, get it. It's a fucking awesome game. I'll be really curious to see what else they show here. But that happens this Thursday at 3 – or next Thursday at 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific – or 3 p.m. Eastern – on all of their Twitch channels and, and wherever you can watch all your Xbox I mean, stuff. So. It would be cool if we got a Gears announcement. That's all I really want. Oh, man. Get a new Gears. Gears 5 yeah. was fucking dope, man. Yeah. 
Gears 5 was really good. But that is your news from around the realm of pop culture. And every week we'll continue to kind of like pull some stories out, talk about certain things that are happening around the, the realm, whether it's movies, video games, or TV shows. If you see a story that you think is interesting, send it to us. We'll dig into it, see what we can find out, and have a discussion about it. And, and not only that, some of the topics you might be able to find uh, on the B&B Lounge. Yes. I shared a lot of different things on there as well, too. Uh, so, you know, if folks can comment on some of that stuff and we if we put it on here, maybe we'll be able to pull some comments at some point as well, too. Um, do me a quick favor here before we get to the next topic. Do an exclamation part. Oh, Mark Tick. I think I can actually see right there. I think actually it's just it's just played through. So we are really trying to push that TikTok presence yes. uh, these days as well. It's something that um, we sat down and decided, hey, we want to make sure um, we, we move forward some extra ways to, you know, maybe get our people with some eyes on the content. Yeah. So. Well, we decided to lean like everybody else into TikTok. It took me a while to, uh, you know, use TikTok. So, you know, this makes sense that it's taken us a while to probably get on that as well, too. You've been on that a lot longer than I have, but, hey, we're, we're getting there. So, but um, check us out on TikTok, you know, if you get a chance. As I say there, too, find us, you know, follow us, like some stuff, comment some stuff. Yeah. Reposting and sharing right now is huge for us on Helps all platforms i'm Helps working hard on threads but yeah check out those tiktoks as well too we're gonna start uh um doing uh some and i'll probably talk more at the end of the the show about that but we've we're, we're starting to do some extra content that you'll probably find uh, mostly on things like tiktok reels and uh youtube shorts so yeah, man, we're trying like i said we never want to get complacent we want to constantly uh mm-hmm. kick out content mm-hmm. do things that you guys and girls want to see uh trick i'm the same way i'm a <laughs> i'm a tiktok food junkie yeah i get uh recipes like Every day, yeah. I just go on there and just like food recipes because I like to cook. I know, and I know I like some some people that like to spend uh, an hour before going to sleep, you know, watching TikToks and um, having it cranked. So, um, Cherry did ask something. Interesting. I did see her question. Um, I did so. I've seen that too. I think that's just a fan theory, a fan, a fun fan thing that you know. He let me read it real quick. Yeah, Cherry says, "So thoughts for you, gentlemen. I saw a conspiracy theory video that Indiana Jones is just Han Solo dreaming." While he's stuck in the carbonite. What do you think of that? I think it's an interesting concept. It's fun. I think it's a cool idea. Uh, but, you know, hey, I mean, it makes sense. It's the same. It's, it's Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. It's Harrison Ford. Um, but I think it's fun to think about. If he's still dreaming about the crystal skull, he can fuck himself. Yeah, man. that's the, or whatever the <laughs> fuck the last one was. I can do without that one, too. So, all right, Tone. We got a couple of movie reviews, and then we're going to wrap things up. Uh, before... The holidays, you, myself, mm-hmm. and Rohit Raju want to go check out the Iron Claw. And, um, you know, we were really excited about the A24 production. They're going to dive into a very tragic tale, uh, one involving, you know, this, this, this family that was just a very tight-knit family who loved wrestling with a father who was very demanding. And uh, I, I, I knew a little bit about this, but not as much as you guys did. Uh, but we went into this with a lot of high expectations. But, Tone, I want to come to you first, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot. I think you and I are kind of on the same page on yeah. this one. But I want to get your, your thoughts on The Iron Claw, the movie itself, the performances, and just how it all played out and how it you know, captured everything that you remember from when this happened. I'll start kind of with the end briefly, which was – after walking out there, we all felt like it needed another half hour or more. Yes. Like it needed more time. It was a very, very engaging, deep, emotional story from every angle you can come at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I was dialed in the entire fucking time, and like I said, we could have even had more. Yeah. I feel like it, it almost needed more mm-hmm. um, because there was so much going on. It's it definitely like listen. The Von Erichs are well known for being a family of tragedy. Some have said the Von Erich curse has been kicked around. Sure, you know, it, it was always once once things ever got good, things got really bad. Yeah, get good again, get really bad again. Right, yeah. you know, um, uh, a lot of a lot of things that you know, I you never want anybody to live through. And you know, there's one in particular, Kevin Von Erich, who's still alive today, who had to go through um all these sort of things and see this himself and live through him uh you know and it's amazing even when he still talks today after all these years 20 some years of it you know some of it being done and he still has a hard time talking about it you know but uh the movie was well written for all intents and purposes there's some interesting things that were adapted and left out which yeah, is kind a of minute odd. from it yeah a complete character a complete person a <laughs> complete brother <laughs> doesn't exist in this that's weird. the weirdest part yeah <clears throat> but uh Overall, um, yes, the worst fucking Ric Flair casting yeah, ever. Yeah, that wasn't that was that wasn't absolutely good. awful. Um, but you know, I I honestly like I was doing pretty good emotionally. Like you're handling a lot of the stuff because like, listen, Zach Efron, it's so funny. The, the, you just when you think about some people's progression as an actor, mm-hmm. starting in, like High School Musical. And then getting in these different like comedic roles and stuff like this. What was it, neighbor? Uh, what was the neighbors, neighbors Baywatch yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. of that nature? Yeah, that's right. He do, he does an uh, an interview on Hot Ones with Sean Evans, and it's a really really good interview. And it, it's one of those interviews where you get to learn. You know, this guy's a, a really like just genuine human being. I feel, I get that vibe from him. Yeah. But you know, after you see him on the was it Ted Bundy that he did. Uh, on Netflix, yes, I think I want to say yes, it is. Is it that was, the right? Is that the right Bundy? I, I don't yeah, I think it was right Bundy. Um, you know, and everybody was praising him for his work in that, and and it's like even is this character who didn't really always have a lot of lines, but he had to wear the tragedy on his mannerisms, yes. his face, his sounds, how he handled his emotions, mm-hmm. or didn't mm-hmm. was absolutely unbelievable. It was this movie is one of the best movies I saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a lot of great movies, and there's yeah. some we missed, but the performances in it, everybody that was in it really really were full full in including <laughs> rick flair i guess but um <laughs> you know it, it, it's it's just when we walked out of the theater and we all said yeah we needed more and there, it was weird there wasn't a brother in there i just there like i said I, I with all the emotions and everything going on in it i didn't get overly emotional till the end mm-hmm. and that's when it really came full circle for yeah. me um so at the end of the day, I guess for me, like what I'm trying to say is I, definitely everybody should watch this. It, it feels like, you know, it, of course, a lot of wrestling fans are going to watch. this. Oh, yeah. If you're not a wrestling fan, that's fine. It's not it's not even like it. that is the the, the, the backdrop. Right. Mm-hmm. It's about the family. It's about family. It's about tragedy, how people handle it, uh, all those sort of things. And listen, A24, I know we praise them a lot around here, yeah. but they get their hands in a lot of stuff and they do a lot of great work. And this is another one of those things that they can say. This is top-notch work. So uh, I really hope some people walk away with something from this uh, because I was absolutely blown away by how well it was, how well it Yeah, man. You know, just to kind of double up on what you said, uh, Zach Efron just continues to impress, you know, with his, his screen presence and the the range that he has. Because, I mean, you know, up until that, like you mentioned comedies and things like that, and he's done a couple of dramas, and he's shown that he has the acting chops to carry dramas. 
Uh, but I feel like he's just he's just really really good in this movie. Like he's mm-hmm. a genuine it's a genuine character. Uh, and yeah, like at the end, he really it really hits you hard. Like he does a great job mm-hmm. with this final scene uh, with Kevin and his kids, and it is uh, the dialogue back between between him and his kids. It's just you know as a parent, but also as a brother, and like <laughs> you think about these things, and it, it was just really well done. You know and. You know, the, the the movie itself, like, I really like the first part of the movie. It really does a great job jumping into the relationships between the brothers, and these brothers are very dependent on one another. There's not a whole lot of, like, in, outside influence. There's not a whole lot of outside support. They are a very close-knit family. The brothers depend on each other for support to getting through the tough stuff. The dad is this very demanding, very almost, I don't want to say he's blinded by success or the the, or the prospect of success, but he's very, very demanding, and he's and and, and 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 very focused on one thing. The mom just seems like she's just kind of like just there for the ride, but at the same time, just has no interest in intervening with the with her husband's like goals and what he wants. Like she, it's almost like she she's realizes, emotionally cut off. She's emotionally and cut she off, and him. she realizes yeah. like she she's like I have no control over what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do a really great job of building all that up to really set up for the tragedy. Which would make it even more impactful, but that's the like we talked about before uh, a few moments ago. It's like I wish this movie was either a, like a half hour, or even an hour longer. I would have been fine with an hour longer because the po- the performances were so good, mm-hmm. and they did a great job of capturing the era. There was a lot of nostalgia <clears throat> with the way they showed these wrestling matches and the presentation with them, and the and even the commentary. I mean, they did a really good job at like yeah. capturing the '80s and whatnot. But when they get to the tragedies the movie almost just speeds up too much and it doesn't allow these scenes for the characters to kind of acknowledge what's going on. I mean, you get a little bit here, but I feel like it's just so it goes so fast when everything hits and and in real life, there's years like that they're skipping. And like, I feel like those are moments where you could have really conveyed not only the tragedy in the moment and acknowledged it, but how it takes its toll on these characters over time. Uh, would it have been better as a miniseries? Maybe. I still feel like they could have really taken all the tragedies and added another 10 minutes just to show the emotion and the impact it had on these mm-hmm. families. And it just went by way too fast. I was like, fuck, man. Because mm-hmm. like the way they build up the first half of the movie, you're just like, man, the way they're building up these relationships with these people, with these brothers, this is going to fucking hurt when we get to it. Mm-hmm. And it is sad. It is, it's still tragic. And it does it, you still get that, you know, man, this is really sad. But I feel like they just missed an opportunity with the performances that everyone was giving to really tap into that yeah. and make it more impactful. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, it finishes strong. There's a great scene, like I said, with, with Kevin and his kids. And that kind of gets you emotional, and that's really good. But I just really wish they would have um, – I wish they would have really stretched out the back half of that movie, like another yeah. half hour, thir- an hour yeah. maybe. Yeah, I've never heard of this family, so I'm not sure. Like, Jay Hill, I had heard very little about it, uh, and I did a little bit of research, and I still wasn't prepared for everything that I saw. But, yeah, there's some weird omissions. Like you said, one of the brothers is not even referenced at all. And yeah. it's just like, that's yeah. bizarre. That's kind of weird. They, they also, um, uh, I think it was pointed out, um, the characters – sizes were like mixed up it was yes. weird they wanted you know i guess you know zach was playing you know kevin but he'd have been better as like a carry or something like that yeah uh and then somebody mentioned this was the joke the entire time i was watching it sitting next to rohit as i'm like jesus christ this, am i am i watching prince adam up there when's he gonna get the sword and <laughs> turn into fucking he-man i mean he, he just his, his jaw you know got so wide for him working out in this movie and stuff like that but uh 
Zac Efron did such a great job acting with it, but but it, and like I said, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's it's a well done movie. It's well it's it's well acted. It's you know the director yeah, did good for the most part. I just I, I don't know if there was budget constraints, time constraints, or or whatever, or, or maybe the script just didn't have everything else factored into it. But I just feel like if it would have been, dude, if it would have been like a half hour or an hour longer, we might be talking about like best picture. Yeah, and and she even pointed out too about the dark side of the ring as well too. The dark side of the ring that, is yep. certainly. Um, a definitely interesting point of that too because it shows you what the movie didn't talk about and certain things because they because some of the ways how some of the folks had had passed yeah. were kind of changed around a little bit so it was definitely interesting how that kind of played out like comparatively to, to the dark side of the ring episode which um you know i watched and it was definitely that's heartbreaking as well too yeah texas loves if there, if there was one the if there was one sure. uh character that they they i mean yeah, Jesus. i don't know how it happened in 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 real life or if, what kind of changes they made to it here but the way they portrayed it uh the brother that wasn't even really interested in being wrestler uh he wanted to be a musician yeah, or whatnot yeah. the way his art closes i mean uh it is that was probably one of the first times in the movie where i was like okay they, this one actually worked really well because like i was emotional i mean i was over there i was like man jesus that is fucking sad as hell and like you know the, he, he there's a letter that's written and when you it's it's very short but you're just like jesus christ dude mm-hmm. i mean it's fucking sad like it's mm-hmm. it's it's really sad but like, like i said through through the rest of it from there from that point it just kind of like speeds along you're just like slow down let me absorb this let me really take mm-hmm. this in and feel the pain this family's feeling mm-hmm. and after that it's just like punch 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 credits you're right, just like right. fuck you well, almost had it i don't know i don't think so cherry because uh kevin was involved in the dark side of the ring story of this um telling the tale himself and really getting deep into it and um you know so like i i wouldn't think so i don't know why they decided to go that route who i guess i don't know Maybe it's because of time constraints or like, you know, we got to tell a tale of five people instead of four, you know? So right. it's hard. It's, you know, who knows? Truth be told. But, but uh, we want to get you guys and girls thoughts. If you saw the Iron Claw, let us know in the comments what you think of it. Uh, I think it's a strong movie. I think it was a really good movie. It was a showpiece for uh, for Zach Efron and everyone else is in it is really, really good as well. But Zach Efron <laughs> as Kevin is just he's really he shows his range. He's very dynamic as an actor. And I think he's just continuing to improve, moving himself up the ranks, showing that you throw anything at him, he's going to be able to tackle. Yeah, absolutely. It. So kudos to him. Kudos to the entire cast. It's it's a really, really good movie. Uh, but I just feel like, man, with the, with a little bit more to it, it could have been, like, we're talking, like, best picture uh, easily. Mm-hmm. It was just that – it was that good. Mm-hmm. How do you think it would hold up in the Oscars? I don't think – I don't know um, – I mean, obviously, best picture. I'd be I'd be surprised if it was even in that discussion. I don't even think it was up for a Golden Globe. And usually, the Golden Globes are a pretty good indicator of where the Academy is going to lean. Uh, I would like to see Zac Efron get some kind of recognition for his performance, but like again, I don't think he was nominated for a Golden Globe, so the chances of the Oscars on that are pr- pretty slim. But again, if they would have really built on the tragedy portion and really extended it and really del- dove into it, we might be having a different conversation yeah. today. Uh, even mentioned that they stated that they cut Chris out and other things because the true story is too depressing for movie audiences. And you're, that's, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, yeah and you're yeah. thrown with enough bad as it was. But so. that, but that, that the thing is though, the counter to that is it's a twenty four, and they don't shy away from depressing shit. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I mean, maybe there is a limit, but a twenty four typically is like, look, we don't fucking make movies that are always going to make you feel fucking good. That's true. So yeah. it's it's a slippery slope with that one, but I could see the guy playing uh, Fritz von Erich, uh, a supporting actor, not. 
like I said, man, everybody was really good in this movie. Um, I just feel like the the back end is where it's going to struggle to kind of get the recognition that it could have got. <clears throat> yep. but good movie all around. Uh, and now, Tone, now the next movie, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this movie is is definitely out there. Mm-hmm. This is a another A24 joint. Mm-hmm. So we're doing A24 movies today. Uh, but this is Dream Scenario. This stars Nick Cage. Uh, we did a trailer reaction to this a couple months ago. It's a movie that really piqued our interest because the trailer itself, it was a cool concept. Basically, Nick Cage's character in the trailer was like, look, this guy keeps popping up in people's dreams. Like, what the fuck is going on? And he kind of becomes this this uh, overnight sensation. And so you watch the trailer, you're like, oh, cool. That could be a fun concept. That could be interesting. And so we, you know, we sit down and we watch it. And, like, first and foremost, what I want to say is, like, Nick Cage just, again, another movie that still shows that he's still one of the best in the biz, dude. Uh, and he got the recognition. He, I think he deserved the Golden Globe nomination that he got here. Uh, he, he's phenomenal in this movie. You get, a, you, you get a more subdued performance early on, but you kind of get a hint of a little Cage rage, a little franticness. I mean, he's he's... He's kind of all over the spectrum here, but he's still kind of like everything's kind of controlled. It's mm-hmm. controlled chaos. Mm-hmm. His character is very just chill, very ordinary, uh, uh, forgettable character, much like the point of right. his character and his, the struggle that he ensues uh, throughout the rest right. of the movie. But first of all, like, the Cage is in. really good. Yeah, that, that's where that charm comes in because he's got to be able to play like that. And he's, he's excellent. He's exceptional in this mm-hmm. movie. Now, the story that this movie tells it's a unique path it takes to get to like the finish line like like nick cage's character he's this professor but you know early on in the movie you know he finds out you know he's one of these guys that's like he's very smart he's successful at what he does Mm -hmm. but he has grander ambitions there's other things that he wants to do and he's always being told that he's just kind of a forgettable guy there's nothing really special about him he's just kind of there stay in your lane staying in your lane he's just kind of there and that's kind of like how it is when, when the stories start breaking about how you know he starts hearing from people like you were in my dream last night and you were you were just kind of there mm-hmm. you know you were just there you know you weren't doing anything I would like there's one girl she's dreaming about she's stuck on a table and there's alligators on the ground and like she thinks she's gonna die and there's like his character just walks in the room looks and just walks away and that's basically the, the premise of, like, all these dreams that people are having. And, like, you're like, okay, cool, that, that's interesting. So, like, he's there. But he's a kind of he's kind of offended by that, by these stories, because he's not doing anything. He's just there. You know, he's not being the hero. He's just there. And he's kind of like this forgettable guy that just shows up. So throughout the movie, you kind of watch his character kind of get offended by this a little bit. And then he starts talking about how, like, you know, I want to be published. You know, he wants this recognition. He wants all this attention. He's striving really hard to publish a book, but when he talks about the book, you're like, who the fuck is going to read this they, shit? They don't, yeah, they don't care about Nobody that. cares about the book. He, he's a professor like, of botany or something like that, or, or yeah. physics or some shit. Biology of some sort. Biology, there you go. And he wants to write a book about plants or some shit. And like every time he brings it up, everyone's just, like so disinterested. You sound like Michael Sarah right now. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Sarah is fucking. He's got a great role. Yeah, he in this does movie. have a great role in this movie. He's got a really good role. So, anyways, like like his character's, you know, goes through this struggle. He becomes this, this national phenomenon because people, everyone starts having these dreams, and he's there. He's getting interviewed over he's it. He's getting interviewed over it, and there, are, there are people are promising him, "Hey, we can make you famous and stuff." But like at the same time, he still is so focused on doing what he wants to do and what he wants to be remembered for 
But it sucks because nobody gives a shit about it. They want to know why this dude is showing up in dreams. They want to give him sprite, ad- sprite ads to work. Right. And, like, he just gets more and more frustrated. But then the point of this movie, I think, is just, like, be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you want in life. Maybe learn to be happy with what you have. Mm-hmm. You got a great family. You got a great job. You got a lot of stuff working out for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes it's not best to try to go for more or want all the attention. And the way that this movie gets to that finish line, it's a very unique take, and it's it, it's a it's definitely a little bit slower. It's not on the nose. There's a lot of room for interpretation. There's a, a lot, lot of ways of to look into things. Uh, but it is yeah, dude. The the end scene is it's very sad. It, it, and again, this is an A24 movie that's leaves a little room for interpretation, but is not really like. Man, great feeling at the end. Mm-hmm. It's a very uncomfortable movie at times. It's very, um, like I said, there's a there's there there are some scenes that are fucking hilarious. There, mm-hmm. There's a scene with him and a woman uh, that he meets. The, who her dream is very erotic. Hers is he is not just there, like he is there, and she tries to get him to reenact the scene. It's fucking hilarious. It's awkward and it's uncomfortable, but it's hilarious too. But overall, like it's it's a good movie. It's it's an entertaining movie, but it takes a while to get to where it's, it wants to go, and it's not a straight line path. It's not on the nose. There's a lot of, like, what does this mean? And I'll even say, like, the ending. I don't know if it hit me like I wanted it to. Like, I understand where we were at and how we got there and why we're there. But at the end of time, I was like, okay, it was it was a cool ending. It was okay. I get it. But I mean, it probably could have been a little bit. Could have yeah. hit me a little bit harder. I feel like the ending, what made that unique is that he had wanted and given up all the things that he should have been happy about. Right. And they were gone from him. And he worked hard as hell to try and get them back. And finally, that hard work paid off. But in the end, it was still just a moment in yeah. time yeah. for nothing. Right. In the end. But um, I actually, I think that the movie is something that needs to be watched a couple times because um, I feel like there's a lot of layers because yes, what you're saying is absolutely correct. I think that's just one of the layers, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's what's great about some of these movies like this. I mean, who directed this? Oh, uh, the this? name escapes me. I can't think offhand. But, pro- I think it's produced by Ari Aster. Yeah, he had hand in as well too. The but producer on it. Um, somebody had this unique vision about because mm-hmm. there's there's actually a lot of social commentary in this a as well too. A lot of social commentary. Um, cancel and culture told, and shit. Yeah, and and, and it's it is it, some of that can be on the nose, but it's interesting because again, you're you're using a character who's just an average person, right. but you're using a high prolific guy like Nick Cage in that role. Mm-hmm. So like when there's moments of like breakthrough or something of the character where you see a little bit more livelihood like i go back to that scene where he's at his friend's house he's got the bottle of wine makes a little crack goes (laughs) that was such a funny yet awkward scene that i don't know that necessarily any other actor it it sounds simplistic i don't know if anybody else could pull that off if it wasn't nick that's what's interesting about that but you know the the movie for me was definitely a journey like you're right like it's not overly like, it goes left, it goes right, it doesn't go through the middle, there's a lot to really think about, pull back and learn. Certainly it's about, like, you know, not taking things for granted in life, too, but, you know, it definitely is those things of wanting those, or as they say, delusions of grandeur, right? Yes. And then And then getting them. But here's what's interesting that I thought that I caught, and I don't feel like a lot of people have talked about this, but, and maybe they have, and I just haven't seen enough about it, uh, but keep in mind, his the dreams of people start switching. Oh, yeah. 
to how he's reacting in the real world, though, too. So the dream start is a generic guy, and people are going like, "You're just in my dream." Well, then he starts acting a little bit of fool. People start seeing that, and then it kind of influences. People start seeing like, like, and then he's like, and then he's like, you know, I don't want to say like Freddy Krueger, but like he's he's he almost like a darker version of himself. Yeah. So like every time that happens is is reactionary to how he's behaving in the sure. real world yeah, and how they point. dream about him, which is an interesting thing too. Now, what are the correlations? Why is that there? I am you know again. I mean, yeah, that's where it leads again, to again, again. It's it's a movie like you'll have to watch probably a couple times to really you know kind of catch some things. I mean, I know we watched a video about it and like they were threading some different things and there's some even I I want to say some spiritual things involved yeah. as well too. There's a lot going on in here. Somebody took an idea. And just like again, it's 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 kind of like what I said earlier about you know I always call myself a daydreamer. It's it's taking that what if. It's like it's taking something and just kind of like blowing your mind open with it and just going with it. And that's what made it you know a very unique movie. Like you know it's not it's not overly the most exciting movie. Yeah, there's some interesting thought processes, some neat like cinematography and the dreams and stuff going on. But like it's not at all on the nose and yeah. if you don't like things that don't paint well in numbers mm-hmm. or you don't like this kind of, you like i can see this being a movie and this is from what i understand a movie that's been kind of back and forth it is it's a hit or miss it's, it's a hit very miss. big yeah. hit or miss and i i get it like and i have enjoyed it like i get it there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to get it or enjoy it i certainly understand yeah. that you have to just be able to be somebody that likes that kind of shit and i happen to be somebody that likes this kind of stuff yeah. so um but Again, the whole point is for us, I know this is always going to be the big the big key for us, no matter if it's a five dollar movie that pays out in big Mac cards and or it's a million dollar movie, Nick Cage is always gonna come correct. He'll yep. always go full in, and that's all I mostly care about at the end of the day as well, too. And he does a great job playing a generic character, but Nick Cage doing that like it's so wild in these things because like this can, generic character that's really struggling to get out of that generic shell like like he, like he, he wants tr- to be you can it's almost like Nick Cage <laughs> is like his favorite character yeah. you know he wants to be a Nick Cage yeah. but he's not even near close to that you know yeah, yeah. so I, I don't know it's 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 it's, it's, wild. it's a it's it's a movie like I said man and it, and it has nothing to do with like if you know it's I wouldn't say it's like cerebral like only certain people understand it like, no. It's just it's just how you interpret that stuff, and I think it's like you said, it's a movie like the ending is there and it's open to make you think about stuff. But upon further viewings, there might be things, smaller things that you catch mm-hmm. because when you first go through some of these scenes, you're just like, "What the fuck could that possibly mean?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you haven't hit the finish line yet either. Yeah. So now that you've hit the finish line, you go back and watch it again. And you're like, "Uh." Yeah, yeah. I get the reference there. I get the connection there. Mm-hmm. And then after you watch it for a second time and you get to finish, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's why we're going to have sense. to watch it again. And, you soon. know, even then, you might still get the finish line and be like, okay, that's, I get what they're doing better, but maybe it just wasn't for me the way they did it. I mean, it's simple as that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's one of those movies. But, like, when it's that type of movie, if you've got me engaged watching it a second time, it's probably because, yeah, the story's interesting, but because the guy who's fucking, who I'm watching the whole time mm-hmm. is fucking amazing at what he does. Mm-hmm. And it's a great performance. It's a really, really good yeah, performance. The, the the zebra thing's a very interesting thing about how they talk about those and how the, the you know the the, the zebra the, thing was really that that's and, that's, and that's and that, a that, huge part. That was a huge part and it's a big theme and it's it's a direct correlation yes, to exactly. him in the you know in the, in the world. So and it's cool how they kind of put that in there. And then you don't think about it, and then as you get to the end you go back and you think about that and you're just like oh, the I camouflage, yeah. Yeah. He blended in normally as you know the rest yep. of the pack, and then all of a sudden doesn't really stand out until you know? something weird happens, and he stands out, yep. and then he doesn't know how to react to it. Where does this movie uh, rank on Nick Cage movies? 
Fuck. Oh, me, yeah, man. I don't have time for that. Um, I don't even know. God, I don't even know. Like, I, I mean... I mean, this would be in the realm more for me of like a pig, you know, because yeah. I think there's a separation of the kind of movies yeah. that, he, that he does do. Like, pig is a pig's. <laughs> this pig, is more of a dramatic role. This is definitely. A, so, I mean, because I mean, you look at Nick Cage, dr- dramatic actor. You look at Nick Cage, a uh, cosmic actor. You look at Nick Cage, action guy. You look mm-hmm. at Nick Cage, d- comedy guy. It's so fucking difficult to sit there and rank them all. Uh, he's obviously had some great dramatic uh, performances, leaving Las Vegas, got nutted him an Oscar. Uh, I still think Pig, he got fucking absolutely robbed, not even getting absolutely a look robbed, at a nom. Uh, but, I mean, like, man, where does this rate all time? It's it's probably uh, probably that 75 percentile, somewhere in there. Uh, but, like, he's That's had... Yeah, we do have we do have a ring we do know <laughs> that's true i should just go back and look at that video like, i'm gonna slide it in here but i feel like it's like it's a in that upper you know not i'm not gonna say top five no it's it's really hard to make that argument but like this is just just one of his many memorable characters you know mm-hmm. it's just a memorable character and it's a great performance and it's again just a testament to this guy's ability to just create something that is unlike anything he's done before and look he will always take risks and will they always work no but for the most part i appreciate the fact that the character that he is portraying on screen is unlike any other character he's done before Mm -hmm. and again that's a testament to him it's a testament to the director saying Mm -hmm. do you Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna you i'm gonna give you your motivation and i'm gonna say action and cut Mm -hmm. everything else in between those two words is all you all you and more often than not, the guy does his job, and he does it like a fucking pro. Yeah, so sure. want to get you guys and girls' thoughts. What are your thoughts on Dream Scenario? What the fuck do you think this movie is about? Is it more than what we were talking about? Is it less than what we're talking about? Let us know in the comments below. It's a thought-provoking movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a well-acted movie, and I think everyone should see it and share their thoughts on it. Love so, to hear them. Would love to hear people's takes on stuff because I think it's one of those movies, man, that's just open mm-hmm. to interpretation. Sure. Would love to see. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. One step ahead. One step ahead. Not yet. But close. Don't forget this tone. Yes. The Midland Mall Comic Con. Yep. Midland Mall Comic Con. We are. I can't believe we're saying we're two months away. <laughs> but we are two months away now at this point from the Midland Mall Comic Con. Please, if you, you know, are able. You know, come hang out uh, March 2nd and 3rd. We are busy as fuck. It's hard to even eat. It's hard to hang out. It's hard to do a lot of things. There's a lot that goes in. It's it's exhausting in some ways as well, too, but it is fun, and we're very thankful that we're able to have the opportunity to be involved in this. So we do appreciate that as well, too. Um, if, you, if you're if you on our socials and you see us posting stuff about this, please reshare yeah, that as sure, well, too. Please. Um, you know, that way we can get a lot of eyes on that as well, too. We want to grow bigger uh, and better every year as well, too. So, um, But I think at the end of the day, this is probably a great segue for um, me to do a little bit of housekeeping as well, get too. It. So. Um, as always, we appreciate you guys being here. Uh, you know, if you can't make it live on the show, if you're hearing us out there or seeing us out there after the actual show, 9 p.m. live on Wednesdays, you know, that's awesome, too. We appreciate that. Like, comment, give us some thoughts on some things as well, too. Please share us. That's huge for us. We really appreciate that. Uh, as always, don't forget, on Mondays at 7 p.m., you can catch Seven Dungeons and the crew over there, Drass and Seven Dungeons. Dungeons are doing says their... sign up for D&D, our live now. Oh, Dungeons, there you where go. can they sign up at? 
Is it uh is it on a Facebook page? I've seen it on Facebook. It's been in the Discords as well too. Okay. If you're going to be at the Middlemall Comic Con, check that out. If you want to play some D and D, do a one shot with these guys. What please sign up for that. Get it, get on it now because last year it went really fast. So it's two days worth of doing that. So if you're um you got our socials, check out our link tree. We've got uh, seven dungeons uh, link tree in there as well too. You can you just two clicks, boom, you can find them real fast. It's free. And it'll be good to go. And, it, and hey, it's free. So. Um, but yeah, really exciting for that too. So make sure to catch them, you know, get caught up, check out their YouTube 7 PMs live Eastern. They're doing their thing over there, spinning that yarn. And then of course, don't forget throughout the week, periodically half-assed beer reviews, dropping those YouTube videos, yeah. doing all that great craft beer stuff. He's adding some interesting new content, doing beer talks, talking about some different uh, things in the beer world as well too. So we do good. those beer quests with them. So we appreciate, you know, being able to have that as well too. And as always, don't forget King Cuddles will stream throughout the week check out his tiktok his twitter or x or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. as well too for any updates and schedules for him as well we really appreciate all that support from those folks as we want to do the same and support them as well too so thank you for that but you know again we can't be here for for you guys it's a new year we appreciate you we're trying to get some new content out there you know on that tiktok you see that just came working through. on it check us out on that tiktok check out our shorts our reels or whatever it is we're trying to grow elsewhere the big thing is, once again, to grow and grow and grow. And the, the way we're going to really target that in 2024 is more content in front of everybody's eyes. So we've already got some good stuff out there. Check it out. Let yes, us sir. know what you think. All right. Well, hey, he fucking covered everything. So I'm going to get out of here. Hope everyone has a great weekend. I'm going to hopefully survive going down to Ford Field, my brother, and just watching a fucking playoff game, a home playoff game for the first time since eighth grade. Still Wild. can't fucking believe it. Still it's crazy to it. think about it. Can't wait. But that's going to do it for tonight's show. I'll be live Friday night playing something, probably Call of Duty. Get in there. Shoot some people. Uh, I, if you want to play, if you got the game, it's cross-play. Join me. We'll sweat. We'll rage. We'll get drunk. Before the Lions lose Sunday, you're going to play. I am playing on Friday. I will be live Friday night playing something, baby. It is not on Game Pass yet, but hey. Who knows? Maybe they'll announce something next week at the Developer Direct. Who knows? Uh, Britt, I'm fucking playing Friday night. Let's shoot people together. Seriously. There you go. It's that simple. Done being nice. Fucking shoot people with me. You're busy. In Call of Duty. Oh, my God. In Call of Duty. You better be busy in Call of Duty. Let's play Among Us. Now I know Cuddles is just you. setting me up to not show up. That's uh, like, hey, meet me at the 18th Green at 9 p.m. Hey, uh, I have something in my eye. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs> For Fanboy Tone, I'm the Dude 79. Everyone have a great weekend. I'll see you Friday night. If not, next Wednesday, 9 p.m., Monarch. We're going to talk about Monarch. We're going to talk about Echo, and we'll talk about our new movie. We'll figure out what we're watching. Uh, we'll let you guys know on the social. So everyone have a great weekend, and we'll see you soon. Night, everybody. Yeah.